It's the Snobbies! Joey, Joey, Joey. Oh. Hello? Um, do we need to keep apologizing for being on hiatus? Or at this point, people I are just like know. expecting it. Should we tell them, like, hey, this is a monthly thing? Well, it's, yeah, the Snobbies has now become a monthly thing. But, I mean, there's a pretty big reason why we haven't been able to record. Besides the fact we're two grown men with grown things happening in our lives. Well, one of those grown things is the reason why. Oh, that's right. Congratulations. <laughs> I think the world should know. I wasn't fishing for our uh, congratulations well, I'm going to do it because I met your newest little baby boy. He's yeah. adorable. Yeah, so I, uh, I I say I, but my wife had another child, and I think I'm pretty sure it's mine. So um, <laughs> at least I did the, the legwork on it. So um, yeah, I had another kid, so we haven't been able to really kind of do any recording at all we were almost we were super close actually that weekend we were, uh, we were going to record and then that's popped, right i actually i think baby. we actually debated recording in the hospital <laughs> which would have been interesting yeah i'm sure we could have found like a top 10 hospital movie i'm list to sure do. your wife would have loved that yes because <laughs> she wasn't doped up enough on anything <laughs> she, she's a trooper man she uh yeah so well congratulations you well, have a you. beautiful family thank you i do quite fond of them i think i'll keep them i want to be a part of it somehow i th- th- you are uncle joey okay that's so good. you're already there that's good now we just gotta get you to have kids at this point uh yeah i'm getting there i'm growing getting up there. you know getting there Close. I'm so young still but... <laughs> so coming at you um Joey, what list are we going to talk about this week? Live on stage, Evan, we're going to talk about a top 10, because they're fun. We are going to do a top 10. Um, Top 10s are fun. They always provide good clips. Um, Now, I recommended this one because uh, I watch a lot of uh, YouTube videos, and I love top 10 lists on YouTube videos. And there's one, uh, I guess you call it a a channel, called WatchMojo.com. And that's a YouTube channel, and they do a lot of top ten for a lot of different pop culture stuff. But one of the the lists that caught my eyes was uh, WatchMojo.com's top ten underrated movies of the '90s. And even though uh, you know we were born in the '80s, it's uh, I think it's safe to say like we were definitely more influenced by '90s stuff. I would say most definitely. So paying a lot more attention at that. Point. Yeah. So uh, before we get into it, is there anything that we want to discuss? Anything happening in the world? I don't want to date the episode, but is there? I know, right? That seems to happen. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like we landed on the moon. <laughs> well, it's like the, that la- uh, the last episode where we were like, yeah, so the Oscars are about to happen, and then yeah. the episode got released like a month after the Oscars, <laughs> so it's like, wow, you guys are way behind all well, the time. You know what? When you brought this top 10 list to me, the, I was like, watch Mojo. It's like, man, I could like get down with working with someone like that. And mm-hmm. I thought, you know what? This is even better, because we're basically doing what they're doing. <laughs> Just redoing. Redoing it the way we want it, <laughs> with our opinions, and giving it to you guys, because that's what you came here for, right? Well, th- Here's the thing is that that list is actually not that bad, but it's it's just one of those things where and they even say on the on the YouTube spot, they're like, you know, did we miss any? Let us know in the comments. And we're like, oh, we'll let you know. All oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Get son ready. Of a, son of a watch bee. mojo. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, before we get into it, Joe, any uh, yeah. any uh, any updates on anything? Do we um, need to... 
You know, I, I I went to the movies last week and saw Kong Skull Island. How was that? It was awesome. It looked good. I highly recommend it. He's huge in this one. Well, I don't know if, I, if I've told you or not, even though we just talked about it for five minutes. Mm. I had a kid recently. Okay. So I'm not going to the movies for the next five years. <laughs> Man. Yeah, you have to watch uh, episodic <laughs> stuff, huh? Ugh. Like it just sucks because there's a lot of stuff like coming out on Netflix streaming. Like I can't even find the time to do that at this point. Man. So it's, yeah, we uh, talked a little bit before this pod that the the everything's shifting a little bit and this episodic stuff is getting really interesting. Yeah, and good. Every, we are definitely in the golden age of TV for sure. Yeah, and I mean, it, I mean that's kind of why I like doing this podcast because it's not we we have the five year buffer. You know, no no awards within the last five years because the court of public opinion is still still developing. But, uh, yeah, there's definitely better TV than there is better movies at this point. Yeah. I just finished uh, Big Little Lies. It was really good. I've heard that. That's really that's good. one thing my wife is going to – she's going to start making me watch that one, which I'm, I'm okay with. I just I just get bummed out when I can't watch movies. You know? Truly, truly. Because you end up sitting watching three episodes. You're like, I could have watched yeah. like a really good You movie. know what I have watched, um, I think, 87 times in a row now? Because when you have a two-year-old, they watch the same effing thing back to back to back. I've become obsessed with trolls. Oh, really? I have. Did I missed it? Uh, I think any grown person would have missed it. But <laughs> again, I've been watching it eighty-seven times in a row. Awesome. JT. The music's right? really good. Okay. I mean, it, it, they do a lot of covers. A lot of covers. That's cool. Um, it's it's a fun story. You know, it's just. The animation's really good. It keeps the kids' attention, but I, I mean, I don't want to turn this into like the parent podcast movies, you know. Well, but, but you can do that wrong, you know. Like uh, Muppets in Space, it was a bunch of covers, and yeah. that's where they failed because the original Muppet music was so strong. Right. They kind of phoned it in on that one, and it wasn't good. Well, the nice thing about this is that there's really only three or four like original songs in the movie, and those those songs all get like their full time. Mm-hmm. The cover songs are in there for like a blip. But it's like, like they'll play like the first 30 seconds of September by Earth, Wind, and Fire. Ha, so you're love like, that song. you're like, love it, love that song, love that song. Oh, and we're done. Okay, that's mo- all we need. Moving on. That's, that's all, all we need. Exactly. You get a little kiss in yeah. it. That's all you really need. I did need. go see the new Beauty and the Beast because my girlfriend cried at every commercial. <laughs> so we saw, uh, uh, I believe, opening night, which is insane. But that it was good. Insane. It was good. They added a couple new songs. Yeah. And the, that was when uh, my girlfriend stopped crying because it was like, oh, I don't know this. It's not nostalgic. And. Interesting. Uh, yeah, but it, it was see, it was all right. See, hey, it was all right. It that's was where I start to get concerned because it's like, if I go to see that, how how distracted am I going to be knowing that I'm expecting something and when it doesn't when it doesn't show up or it doesn't isn't displayed, like, am I going to be taken out of it? Yeah, it's weird because you you know exactly what's going to happen, right? I mean, right. we've all seen it, so it's like, okay, we're just analyzing your interpretation of this, and then when they do go off. Uh, there's a scene where the beast sings to himself up on the rooftop, and a couple people were giggling in the theater because it's like, oh, God, here we go. But it, it totally fit the story, and it made a lot of sense. But uh, I guess that's it's kind of a nice little refreshing moment because otherwise you're just like right. examining, oh, well, Be Our Guest was a little bit better in this area and not so good in this area. and Right. But, uh, yeah. There's one other I, movie I've been watching a, a couple times. I got times. dragged to it, by the way, just because I'm a man. I I, dude, to- I, you, I know you. You cry at movies just like me. I do. It's, it's healthy. You don't have to. It it's healthy. healthy. It's healthy to cry. You don't have to apologize for no. that. No. Guys, you, you know why we have heart attacks? Because we don't cry enough. So, you know, get those I tears out. I subscribe to that. Totally. Yeah. What's more human than crying? 
bombing other countries and just oh, oh, oh sorry yeah. sorry sorry political turn <sighs> um just one other thing i've been watching uh so I, I put movies on my phone and i let it play in the background as i'm commuting to and from work i watched sling blade a few times and <laughs> sling blade has always been on my top 100 but i think i might need to move it up a little bit higher <laughs> Have you seen Sling Blade? I haven't yet, Evan. I'm sorry. Oh my god, I dude! Know. You got to watch it. So wait, you're you're as you drive. So I have a little magnet on the back of my phone case, uh-huh. and I, it the magnet goes in the vent, and then I just literally throw my phone on the vent. That's and awesome. It, it, so it's I mean it's for navigation. So I don't actually I don't watch the movie because I've already seen it. Got it. So but you're only I play watching it, stuff you've already seen. Basically. Exactly. I never watch anything new because then I'm not tempted to actually look. So it's like, mm. like the other day I was watching Die Hard with a Vengeance. But it's like, I don't need to sit there and watch the explosions. I've already seen them. I'm just, literally, I just want Samuel Jackson's voice on the back of my head. Awesome. Yeah. But, like, I forgot how amazing Sling Blade is. Hmm. And I think you're going to want to see it. Shoot. I think you're really going to want to see it. I'll move that to the top of my list. I yeah. Will, I promise. I mean, Billy Bob Thornton, like, when you see it, you're going to be like, where was Billy Bob Thornton in that movie? Well, he's the lead character. Hmm. You don't need to hear a thing like that. You're just a boy. You need to think about good thoughts while you're still a boy. There's plenty of time for all the other. Mm-hmm. He's a great actor. Oh, this is probably his best role. Really? Oh, by far. One of his films is going to come up today in this pod. It is. Might even make the final list as well. We're, we're going to see. Well, we're let's get see. right into it. Nice <laughs> transition, Joey. I love transitions. <laughs> I really do. Yeah. All right, so WatchMojo.com's top 10 underrated 1990s movies. So, Okay, um, real quick. Yes, go for is it. Is this okay that we do all these top 10s? I mean, we're the snubbies. Things, people are getting snubbed. But we're talking about movies that were snubbed off a list. Okay, okay. I just want to make sure that our, our listeners are happy because it's fun for us to do these lists. I'll tell you what, lists. Next, next episode we'll do an original song. We'll give an award out. We'll do an award Re-give for... Re-give I think the next one that we're probably going to do is... Oscars 1985 Best Original Song. <laughs> that was a strong year, my friend. Super strong. Original song. But right? we're going to save that for next time. Okay. Because so, I'm coming off of having the kid mm. and I can't think straight. So I just want to really rant about movies at this point. <laughs> yeah, this we, we're bringing the people, you know, quality entertainment about old movies because that's what people want to listen to. Two I think so. Men. And if not, screw them. Who cares? So I um, love our podcast. I listen to it all the time. I do too. I think we might be the only two at this point. Yeah. Anyways, um, <laughs> <laughs> most people are like, I hate the way my voice sounds. It's oh, like, and by I the way, don't. I, I love it. I I've <laughs> grown used to it actually. Which and I is, love your voice. I have feelings when I hear your voice. Oh, <laughs> we're so in love. <laughs> um, I do need to say though, for anyone listening to the podcast for the first time or for the twentieth time, doesn't mm. matter. If you guys can go on iTunes, uh, rate us, leave a comment. It really helps us get our numbers up. So um, that's kind of the thing is we've been doing it for over a year now. I'd like to expand the the listenership a bit. So Yeah, you know, we give so much to you guys. You can give a little <laughs> bit back to us, you know. Take two seconds out of your day. Gosh. Rate us on iTunes. Think leave of how much comment. pleasure we give you guys. So, Joey, the uh, I don't want to say the curriculum, the criteria. Thank you. That's my word. Yes. The criteria uh, for Watch Mojo's list was it can't be a movie that was commercially successful and it can't be a movie that then went on to develop a cult status. Okay, so that would make it point in case the Shawshank Redemption did not make a lot of money in the movie theater, but it's the number one movie on IMDb. Therefore, it's not an underrated movie. 
So it has to fit both of and those it garnished cards. awards. It garnished awards exactly. So I just got done mentioning Sling Blade. I would love to put Sling Blade on this list, but mm. it was. I mean, I don't can't remember. Did it win screenplay that year? I don't know. I'm, I can't I'm remember. Um, sorry, we're we're not up on the research right now, but it did. It it was a heavy favorite in award season for a few things. Yeah. So it's not going to be on the list, unfortunately. So are we going to abide by these rules? I think because we're going to redo the list, we should. Fair enough. Okay. Fair enough. And if but so- if we get passionate about something. Oh, well, we're we'll going to talk about it. Absolutely. We'll talk it out. Okay. Joey. Joey. I know. This is me we're talking about. We're gonna because this is this is also going to be kind of fun. We can rip through some stuff and be like, do you consider this underrated? Or yeah. is it like, has it reached a level of popularity at yeah, this point? Exactly. Okay. So. All right. So. Would you, would you mind going through what they picked? I, I would love nothing you're really more good at that. Than I've to do that. in previous pots. <laughs> okay. So 10 through 1. Here is WatchMojo.com's. Top 10 underrated 1990s movies. 1990s movies. Number 10, Dark City. Number 9, Gattaca. Strange Days, Falling Down, Existence, Kingpin, Ghost Dog, The Way of the Samurai, <laughs> Red Rock West, Miller's Crossing, and their number one is A Simple Plan. So I think in our traditional listing here, we're not going to do... 10 through 1, we're just going to do a top 10 and then maybe pick our number 1. Yeah, that's always fun. That's our that's our schlocky way of doing it. All right, so let's go through. Um, this might be a long episode, and I apologize. <laughs> number 10, Dark City. Um, highly, highly stylized. Mm-hmm. I, lo- I know we use that word a lot, but this is a movie. It's a neo-noir sci-fi action thriller, psychological thriller. Throw a bunch of different terms at it. It kind of hits all the marks. Um now they say on on Watch Mojo that it's underappreciated because it was kind of ahead of it was ahead of its time, and this is one of those movies that benefited from a director's cut. Okay. So did you ever see Dark City? I did not. No. All right. So first off, uh, if you uh, I know the listeners are hearing it right now, um, the theme song to Dark City is probably the coolest theme song you've ever heard. Um, I feel like I should play it for you, even though the listeners are hearing it. Like Trent Reznor, it is. It is. It's Peter Gabriel. Yeah, it's it's very very. Uh, I know. I just cut it off there for you. I'm sorry. The uh, it is very Trent Reznor-ish, and it's very. Um, I mean, that's one of those things that's like that's ahead of its time. Like mm-hmm. I just remember hearing that song in the theme, in, like in the trailer, and then it was in the movie, and it was just it was so so good because it's really it's creepy, it's futuristic. Did you enjoy the movie? I remember being a little underwhelmed by it, but. Again, ahead of its time, I really need to go back and give it another watch because, I mean, it's got uh, uh, Donald Suther- or Kiefer Sutherland's in it, Jennifer Connelly, Rufus Sewell. It's just, um, I feel like I like the visuals more than the story, mm-hmm. but the story was probably butchered by not having a director cut at the time. Got it. So I think maybe if we're going by non-director cut, I don't know if it keeps on the list, which is unfortunate. Yeah, well. So, number uh, number nine, Gattaca. Now, we've talked about Gattaca before. We have. I watched the trailer today because I still haven't seen it. Ah, Joey. But 
it it, all, it almost seems like it kind of deserves like this list was kind of made for this Ethan type of Hawk, movie, right? Jude Law, um, Uma Thurman. It, we've talked about it on a couple podcasts ago. I can't remember which one, but I just I, oh, it's probably a screenplay one. Mm-hmm. Must have. When did we do a screenplay one? Uh, not that long ago. I can't remember. Anyways, um, go back and listen to our commentary on that. It's just, it's really, really. I mean, it's underappreciated. So, I mean, I think it probably stays on the list, but you got to... Uh, now, underappreciated according to whom, you know? Underappreciated by the masses, because any, I think anyone okay. who's seen it is like, no, absolutely, that's legit. Right. Like, my cool friends all love it. And I got a lot of cool <laughs> friends, so I hear it. And so it's like, oh, well, is it underappreciated? But then it's like, okay, well, maybe I just have that many cool friends. You know what it is? It's like, remember when uh, uh, Life is a Boy, was that it? Like... A Boy's Life? What was that one that came out with uh, Linkletter's movie? Oh, the the last one? Boyhood. Boyhood, thank you. <laughs> Boy's Life. No wonder you can remember because it was boring. Thank you. <laughs> God, that was a horrible, horrible. And uh, not worth my time. Anyways. Yeah. I remember coming out of that movie saying, like, the only good thing about Boyhood is that it reminded me of how amazing Ethan Hawke has always been. Yeah, he was the most consistent thing in that. And whenever I said that, people always brought up Gattaca. And I was like, hell's to the yeah, Gattaca. Mm. That just, it, it was proof at that point. He was still very early in his career. The story, for those who don't know, Jude Law is someone who lives in like this utopian society. Ethan Hawke does not have the proper genetics to live in the society. Therefore, he's like a janitor. Jude Law becomes suicidal for reasons that you need to watch the story, the movie for. Ethan Hawke assumes his identity, and they they do this really crazy stuff to like make sure that his DNA matches. It's just really really cool. You got to see it. So, um, but again, stylized. That's that's the thing I think with a lot of movies on this list is it's all about style. It's all about stories that were ahead of their time. Mm-hmm. Um, just really cool. Well, stuff. now the '90s have become you know retro. And mm-hmm. it's also hip again, like yeah. fashion and everything like that. So I think these films are appreciated once more. I think so for sure. <clears throat> Absolutely. So okay, yeah, I think we'll, I think we'll consider that one. Um, you do got to see it though. Uh, Strange Days, man, another one I haven't seen. This has been on the top of my queue for so long. <laughs> so this is Catherine Bigelow. Um, if you see the trailer for it, you're like, I, I watched the trailer. Yeah, you're like, I gotta see this movie. <laughs> Um, the reason why I'm going to put it in the red, just because we haven't seen it, but it's also because I've got way too many sentimental favorites that we're going to talk about. Yeah, it was a, a long 10 years for film. Yeah, and, and I feel like Strange Days has gotten a little bit of more love now that Bigelow has become who she is mm-hmm. as a director, you know? So, uh, Joey, have you seen Falling Down? I love Falling Down. It I have is, seen it. I mean, it's this. The it, would, did they make this list for this movie? Pretty much, right? It is. It's really good. It's funny. I was just talking to someone in my office today about it, and I was like, you got to see this movie. And they're like, oh, it sounds kind of like Vigilante. I'm like, it's not, because Vigilante is all about, like, taking the law into your own hand, and this is just a movie about a guy that's had enough and is like, I'm going to correct the, well, I don't know, maybe it is a Vigilante movie. I don't know, because I I watched a clip today, and he's like, wait, I'm the, he's like, I'm the bad guy? Yeah. 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 When did that happen? Because here's the thing is I feel like Vigilante has a sense of like law about it. Right. Charles Bronson. Exactly. Yeah. Charles Bronson is the epitome of, of Vigilante. This guy's kind of fragile. Super fragile. He basically has a mental breakdown and is just like, I'm going to kill people who 
deserve to be killed. Yeah. Like, it, it has nothing to do with bringing people to justice. It's all about, like, I'm going to correct the world in my way. One Don't care. One time today. Yeah. And then that, there is that iconic part at the end, like, I'm the bad guy? Yeah. How'd that happen? Yeah, you are, even though we agree with what you're doing for the most part. And even though he comes from, like, Hollywood royalty, I feel like he's had a weird filmography. Michael Douglas, I mean... He's taken some interesting roles. Totally, and not all of them were successful. But this one, I feel like, might be his most... Undervalued. Totally. It's a good film, and he does really well in it. Yeah, I... I challenge anyone that has seen Falling Down to say a bad word about it. Nah, it's fuck. It's great. It, I almost <laughs> cursed. <laughs> we haven't yet. No, not yet. Um, I'm gonna, I, dude. I might just put that in the green. That's. I mean, that's. I have it start on my list. Okay, good. I mean, that's. It's too good to not have it there. Mm-hmm. So we'll uh, we'll go ahead and slide that one on over. Um, now here's a movie that you've seen that I haven't that we talked yeah. about on a previous podcast. Have you even seen the trailer? I watched the trailer again today. I whatever was on the top mojo. Uh, tell the audience what we're talking about. Uh, existence. For some reason, people pronounce it like that, even though it's. I think it's just the the capitalization. Um, in in the near future, video games are played by sticking a cord into your backbone. This like very phallic, very matrixy, very matrixy. Except it's it's Cronenberg, so it's very fleshy. And when we talked about it before, we talked about how. Cronenberg is the master of making you feel uncomfortable in your own body. Oh, most definitely. And and so there's this orifice that we all have on our backs now in the, in the story. Right. And you I mean, I this, have that right you now. You stick but. this plug in, but they, they like lube up their fingers and like lube it up. So yeah, you're like, oh God, that makes me kind of feel uncomfortable. Yet it's something we've all kind of done. I mean, <laughs> once we get to a certain age with certain people, uh, you can't just lo- throw it in there. I love that quote from Ryan Reynolds in Waiting. I mean... I'll stick my finger in my ass every now and again when I'm feeling squirrely, but that's about the extent of it. <laughs> but it's also, not only is it Cronenberg because it's all fleshy and, and kind of sci-fi-ish, it's pretty deep and it's dealing with a lot more issues than, you know, just on the surface. I really like it. And Jennifer Jason Lee is a great actress. And Jude Law also in this. So ah, he's done two, two of these films. On Mojo's list. God, I love Jude Law. Yeah, so let's keep it frosty, as we say. Uh, but, you know, we'll see if it, it can crack our top ten. Yeah. Um, number five, Kingpin. I mean, again, amongst my friends, this is not underrated. Everyone yeah, loves this movie that I, I know. Under Most underrated Fairly Brother movie? Uh, I can agree with that. I can agree with that. Something it's about Mary gets so, all the attention. It's so quotable. Oh, it's so good. I mean, Munson? <laughs> Don't get Munson. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and they always have a hot chick in the movie, and this one's yeah. like, pretty exceptionally hot at that point yeah. of time. And I do love the whole, like... The army evacuated everybody. Evacuated? A uh, big uh, military train derailed, and this whole area's in danger of being contaminated by a huge cloud of... Shit. A huge cloud of shit. Wow. God, I think I smell it. Come on, let's go. Come on, Mr. Munson. Claudia? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, talk about like a, a great naive character. The, yeah. And you Randy know. Quaid, I mean, God, I wish he didn't go crazy and leave the country. Like, he just, he played these weird characters so well. Yeah. And to make fun of the Amish, you know, it's not very PC, but it, they'll never he nailed find it. out. Good point. 
Good that's a, that's actually a David Tell joke. Who he actually admitted he's like that joke is so old it could vote. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, Kingpin Man. I mean, mm. a movie about bowling. Who the hell would have ever thought that that was going to be worth watching? And the man, myth, the legend, Bill Murray, of course. Like just oh, uh, goes throughout. without saying. Yeah. It all comes down to this role. Roy Munson, a man-child, with a dream to topple bowling giant Ernie McCracken. If he strikes, he's the 1979 Odor Eaters champion. He's got one foot in the frying pan and one in the pressure cooker. Believe me, as a bowler, I know that right about now, your bladder feels like an overstuffed vacuum cleaner bag, and your butt is kind of like an about-to-explode bratwurst. Hey, do you mind? I wasn't talking when you were bowling. Was I talking out loud? Was I? Sorry. Fairly Brothers, what? <laughs> what, what? I mean, something about Mary, right? Here's the thing. I think something about Mary is overrated. I don't think it's bad. Yeah. But whenever people are like, oh, something about Mary is, is one of the greatest comedies of all time, I'm like, slow up. No, no, no. But people say that it was shocking at the time, I guess. But like, well, the Franks and Beans part was shocking. There's definitely some quotable and visual like. Let me things. put it this way: If Watch Mojo and maybe they do have it, but if they had a top ten overrated 1990s movies, mm. I would put something about Mary on that list. Yeah, I could agree with that for yeah. sure. Uh, Ghost Dog: Way of the Samurai. Gosh, I missed it, but I really, in hindsight, I wish I would have seen it. I saw it. I can't remember much about it. I'm just like, I know it's. It's not what it seems. Yeah. Like, especially when you hear the title, you're like, oh, this is going to be weird. But, like, Forrest Whitaker is good in most everything that he does, or yeah. at least at that point he was, like, even even Species. I don't know. I'm kind of on the fence with him, because he was in the greatest movie ever made, Bloodsport, but he's also the worst <laughs> actor in it. He's so bad in it. Like, he cannot read a line. Uh, but he's, you know, he's got this great career. And then there was this, then Ghost Dog came out. It's like, whoa, Forrest, like, what are you, what's going on here? I just feel like it was like a precursor just, to Wu-Tang. Yeah, there's just something weird about it. I, I, I don't know. I'm sure Wu-Tang was out at this point, yeah. too. But Red Rock West. I, I totally missed that. I, I mean, maybe that's why it's on the list, because nobody saw it. But that's the, that was the other thing about this list when I was watching it. I was like, a couple of these movies, are you just going through and finding obscure movies that nobody saw just to put it on the list? Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it's like... I'm not claiming Watch Mojo's clickbait, but they also make these lists so people can debate these things and be like, that true. movie shouldn't be on there. Yeah, no, that's true, and that's what we're doing right now. Yeah, but I, so are you familiar with this movie at all? Not or? at all. No. <laughs> Nick Cage, too. We love him. But like, I'm, I'm, looking, I'm looking at one movie in particular, and I'm like, there's no way it would make any list, but like, this is our list, and it might actually make the list. You see what I'm highlighting right now? Oh. <laughs> when we get to that one, we're going to talk about that for a while. <laughs> Man. Um, all right, so yeah. that was number three. Yeah. Uh, Miller's Crossing. I, I got to give it to him. This one is definitely yeah. underrated. Well, I love the Coen sure. Brothers. I just I missed this one. Oh, I oh, know. You got to see it. Because here's the thing. They, this is still early on in their career where they, where did they come out with? Raising Arizona? Was that their, or Blood, Blood Simple was their first one, right? Yeah. Blood Simple. This is more Blood Simple-ish than Raising Arizona-ish, obviously. Miller's Crossing. It's a it's a gangster movie. It's a period piece. It's just oh, it's just, it, it's solid, man. I mean, it's it's the most Scorsese-ish thing that's not Scorsese, mm-hmm. but it's also it's also their own. 
You know what I mean? Like, for for people who didn't know who the Coen brothers were at the time, I think this probably was like, this is who the Coen brothers are going to be. Got it. So, um, like, there there's just a great scene where uh, Gabriel, is it Gabriel Burns? I think it's Gabriel Burns. Yeah. He's... Um, He's sitting in a car, and you can just hear violence going around, going on around him, and you can hear what's going on. And they're they're doing a good job of like explaining what's happening through the dialogue, but you don't see anything. You just see his like non reaction to it, and you're just like, "Ooh, that's powerful. Oh, that's good. That's a that's a really interesting way of messing with an audience, huh? Because yeah, they get... really weren't established at this point. No, but I, mean, the, I think this kind of was I think this kind of did it a little bit though, okay. because because honestly. That scene specifically, you get character development with that as well as like a shocking scene. Very rarely do you combine those two. That takes some work. Well, in this case, it's less work, but it, the thought behind it was right. powerful. So, huh? I give I give it some credit. I think huh. it's, they did it's, that same thing in No Country for Old Men, which we've talked about before in this pod. The opening yeah. scene, yeah. With that, but you uh, know what they didn't do it in was was Fargo. <laughs> They they showed oh. that violence way up front. Gosh, they're good. They are good, but then they go around and do something like burn after reading, and you're like, "What?" I liked that movie. I did. It was quirky, but at the same time, you're like, I just, uh, "They're they're quirky Wait, did, dudes." Didn't they also do Intolerable Cruelty? Was that with Tom Hanks? No, that was uh, George Clooney and Catherine Zeta Jones. Uh, I don't know. Wasn't that them? I, I thought know. it was. It, it, it wasn't, wasn't good. I mean, they're pretty prolific. That's for sure. Okay. Number one, a simple plan. Please tell me you saw a simple plan. I have. Plan. It's been so long though. So I I rewatched the trailer today. But I I remember thinking like, gosh, I don't remember the impact this film kind of had on me. And here's the thing: maybe it's because Bill Paxton recently passed away, which is so sad. We could have done just <sighs> right. underrated Bill Paxton movies. Um, Gary Cole is in this movie. Billy Bob Thornton. Again, uh, super strong cast, super strong. And I remember seeing Sam Raimi directed. That's right. Sam Raimi did direct Mm. this. The rare non-horror movie from Sam uh, from Sam Raimi or the the, the rare non Spider-Man movie. Um, The thing about Simple Plan was even back then when it came out, I was was it 98? I think it was 98. Um, Mm -hmm. I remember it coming out and thinking two things like, why did nobody talk about this when it was in the theaters? And why did it not? Well, I guess that was the year. Uh, did it come out in '98 or was '98 the the award year? It uh, came out in '98. Okay, so it wouldn't have been up against. Uh, would have been up against Shosh, uh, or uh, Shakespeare in Love. Because that was the same year as Saving Private Ryan. So I was I was gonna say why wasn't it considered for Best Picture? I got I don't know I gotta I gotta think yeah, back we'll to have it. To look, but. Um, I mean, it was nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay, and Billy Bob got a nod for Best Supporting Actor. Billy Bob did, again, we already talked about uh, on this episode about how Billy Bob is has some great performances. I think Sling Blade is his best. I think Simple Plan is his second best. Shakespeare in Love won that year, so. Oh, dude, F that movie. Hmm. F, th- I mean, that was the first episode that we did. <laughs> the Snubby's first episode was taking it away from Shakespeare in Love, because that's a travesty. Huh. And Bridget Fonda... She's a great oh, actress. Oh, she was good. What happened to her? I don't know, but she needs to come back. Not she was everything she did was like really strong. Was she uh, hand Point the rocks no the cradle? Was she hand the rocks the cradle? No, that was uh, Rebecca De Mornay. Ah, that's right. But, but she was single, single white female. female. Thank you. That's that's the other she, one. She was great in Jackie Brown. Yeah, Jackie Brown. 
she was kind of it, the it girl. The late nineties. She was. Huh. Her and uh oh, what the hell was her name? Gina Davis a little bit, because like Long Kiss Goodnight. Yeah. Everyone was like, Oh, she's back and she's hot again. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, she was like the young, younger it girl than Gina. Gina yeah. Davis was like the woman of the time. Yeah, I don't know, dude. It's gonna take a lot to convince me not to put Simple Plan forward. Yeah. So it's in the yellow for now. Okay, Joey. So cool. we're um, let's let's kick it up a, a couple gears here because we gotta we gotta go through let's a bunch of these here. Stuff. So do you want to start going through some uh, some of your recommendations here? Yeah. So I, there's a couple that I've like I'm questioning if it's underrated or not. Is Batman Returns underrated? The second one with the Penguin. Um, it did I, really no, well. It did well in the box, in the box office, office, so we no. can't consider that. Yeah, unfortunately. All right, well, you know what? Shout out to that movie because it was good. Yeah. Well, I think it's. I was going to say the most underrated Batman movie, but <laughs> does Batman and Robin count because it's not even rated? <laughs> like it doesn't even register on the list. So that that's a no go. Danny DeVito was so good in that. Michelle Pfeiffer was never hotter than in that movie. There Man. Were two movies that Michelle Pfeiffer was smokingly gorgeous in that stood above everything else. One was Batman Returns because of the tight leather right. uh, cat girl or Catwoman outfit. And then uh, uh, what was the one with Harrison Ford? What Lies Beneath? Oh, uh, I thought you were going to say Scarface. Yeah. Total babe. Yeah, you're right. That 70s you're right. babe look. You're right. When she's got that like dress on with nothing underneath. Yeah, I mean, she's right. Michelle Pfeiffer. She's a looker. I mean, you can't you can't have a name like Pfeiffer and not be hot. Yeah, you can. <laughs> um, <laughs> so another one that was, I think, Interview with Vampire did fairly well in the box office as well. Could that be considered underrated? I just really like that movie. It is a good movie, and it's worth a watch for anyone who hasn't seen it. Mm. Um, I think it had a lot of critical acclaim when it came out. I think a lot of people were like, Tom Cruise is is not doing an action movie. Brad Pitt, who like this kid, is just swinging for the fences and hitting home runs every time. Right. Um, and it was also was it Anna Paquin, who was the girl? Oh yeah, uh, Kirsten Dunst. Thank you, Kirsten Dunst. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to. Didn't okay. mean to we do the uh, Anna Paquin rain on the parade there. Um, I think it got enough critical acclaim where yeah. it's not considered underrated. Okay. Um, but we did talk about Long Kiss Goodnight. Yeah, I, I didn't see it. Gina Davis? Um, it was on a couple other lists for... Uh, oh, it was actually on their also-rans. But I don't know. Just I can think of a few other action movies with female leads that I'd rather watch. Yeah, and at the time, her husband, Rennie Harlan, was like putting her in everything. Yeah. And yeah, sorry. That ain't lasting the test of time. Yeah, sorry. Um, oh, so th- these were all also rants for uh, for the actual mo- watch mojo. Yeah, let's list. blame them for Heart, a second. Hard eight. Hard eight's good. It is very good. PT Anderson. Before he was PT Anderson. Right. It's a good movie. Um, I think it's worth a watch for cinephiles. Definitely, definitely. Is it underrated? I think people are going to start looking up his whole catalog of films and start watching them. So yeah. I remember Did it wa- blow you away? No, it was but a I, great movie. I do remember watching it being like, why don't people talk about this more? Yeah, truly. But not in a top ten way. Yeah. California with a K? It was all right. Yeah, I expected a little bit more from it. I did too. It wasn't uh it wasn't Twelve Monkeys. No. I remember really kind of those two movies came up yeah. pretty close to each other. Oh god, I love Twelve Monkeys. Yeah. That's is that top ten for me? It's top twenty five for sure. So is that movie underrated? Because that was also 90s. I don't 
don't know what it did at the box office. That was that was just before Terry Gilliam started swinging and missing at everything. Right, and Bruce Willis, you know, he was a superstar at that point. He it was, was. This is post Pulp Fiction. I don't think it gets the credit it deserves. I don't know if I would consider it underrated though. Yeah, because again, if an auteur is directing, then. I would love to say yes, but I, I don't think in good conscience I can. I think enough people know that that's a great movie. Yeah. I don't think it was underrated, though. No. No. Him coming off Pulp Fiction, like... Okay, but we, we, we mentioned it. But I would put it on an underrated list. <laughs> like, just like maybe... Ah, sh- I know. Well, let's let's keep it... Uh, let's keep it a maybe. You know, put it... Is it... Oh, you do have it on there. Um... I will say it is underrated. Okay. Absolutely it is, because when you talk about, like, great sci-fi movies, no one talks about it. No. And it is one of the most amazing stories. I mean, it's it's essentially a retelling of a French uh, still movie called La Jetée, and, which is, like, 27 minutes or something like that. Hmm. And they stole a little bit from Vertigo as well, which is interesting because Vertigo is played in the movie. Right. Pretty obvious. It's about absolutely that. underrated. Brad Pitt being crazy in the mental hospital. Jones! What? Hey, look here. This here's James. Now, do me a favor. Why don't you show him around? Tell him the TV rules. Show him the games and stuff, okay? How much are you going to pay me? How much? I'd be doing your job. $5,000, my man. That enough? $5,000? I'll wire a check to your account as usual. $5,000. $5,000. $5,000. I'll give him the deluxe mental. Hospital team. My man. Uh, kid around, kid around. <laughs> Makes him feel good. Yeah, no, no. You're the prisoners. No, no you're the guards. Right, now you're the you prisoners. got it. Now right, you got right, it. Right. Okay, okay. It's all in good fun. All in good fun. Here's some games here. And there's... Get out! Get out! He's in my chair. Games. Games. Here's some games. Games I want to get out. <clears throat> See? More games. Games, they vegetize you. See? Yeah. If you play the games, you're voluntarily taking a tranquilizer. I guess they give you some chemical restraints, huh? Drugs! What did they give you? Thorazine? Haldol? How much? How much? Learn your drugs. Know your doses. It's elementary. I need to make a telephone call. Telephone call? A telephone call? That's communication with the outside world, doctors. Discretion. Ah, Hey, all of these nuts could just make phone calls. They could spread insanity oozing through telephone cables oozing to the ears of all these poor, sane people, infecting them. Wackos everywhere, plague of madness. Come on, let's go. In fact, very few people, very few of us here are actually mentally ill. I'm not saying you're not mentally ill. For all I know, you're crazy as a loon. But that's not why you're here. That's not why you're here. That's not why you're here. You're here because of the system. It's good. You've got good. You don't know what's going on the first time you see it. No, it's definitely a mind. Uh, a mind. So in that sense, it kind of lasts the test of time because it's good to watch it a couple of times. Oh, for sure. At least two. As soon as you're done watching it, you're going to want to watch it again immediately. Mm-hmm. So that's that says a lot. Um, I love that moment when Madeline Stowe in the movie realizes that Bruce Willis is not lying about being from the future. Mm-hmm. And it's like he makes that reference early in the movie about how like there's a boy trapped in the well and he's like oh it's it's just a it's a joke and she's like how can you say that and he goes they're gonna find him in a barn like two days later or something like that 
and everything that he says is absolutely legit. And that's when she's like, "Oh my god, this guy is from the future!" Mm-hmm. Like it is. There's just so many moments about that movie that just make it so so good, and mm. that's one of them. But cool. Anyways, love that movie. Uh, we said no to interview with the vampire, unfortunately. Um, Belly, talk to me about Belly. I love Belly. You seen Belly? No. 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 Nas, DMX. No. Uh, not, a, not a big rap guy, and I I've never understood. It's funny because Entourage had that whole bit, the show, not the movie. Yeah. They had that whole bit when Turtle was like managing what's his name there, and was like, like Ari, you can be his manager. Like, why wouldn't be want to be a rapper's manager? Because all rappers are actors. <laughs> And like they made that joke, and it's like, oh god, like that's so true, but not true at the same time. Like, yes, every rapper thinks that they're an actor. Well, I, I remember like when this came out, like so, Boys in the Hood was a huge success. The Menace of Society came out. Right. There was like definitely a trend happening, and then it was like Nas and DMX at the point at that point were pretty young dudes. It's like yeah. good luck with this, but the opening scene is really strong, super strong. Great music, great lighting. Uh, they do, they do a, they do a good job. Method Man's good in it. It's like kind of strong acting. That being said, uh, underrated? No. Cause all my brothers, they love this movie. You know, hmm. I'm, I'm white. I don't know if any of the listeners know that. I don't know if I've ever <laughs> expressed that on this pod. <laughs> so <laughs> my, uh, all my black friends are like, they're down with belly and they're like, how do you know belly? You cracker. And uh, they don't say that. I just, um. I just love that name for white people. Um, you do know what that means, I right? do. It's terrible. I know. Do that happened? Well, it's one of those things, like, I think white people would refer to themselves as crackers and, and like, think it was a joke. And then finally, one day, someone was like, you know what that means, right? And I'm like, yeah, like saltines. Like, we're like we're white <laughs> bread, man. No, no, no. And they're like, no, it's the crack of the whip from the yeah. slave drivers. And you're like... Can I go back and apologize for the last 12 years that I've been using that term? Yeah, not so. okay. I visited a plantation last year in uh, the Carolinas, and it was grim. I wanted to get the hell out of there. Bad vibes, yeah. bad people. Uh, anyways, a couple white dudes talking about belly. It's great. So I, I, don't, I don't think we can say it's underrated because it's highly rated amongst um, certain, certain audiences. <laughs> I was like, that's a long pause for waiting to hear what you're going to say. Um, for my my friends. So, th- so no, but I just wanted to mention it. Yeah. Um, Devil- again, we're talking about a decade worth of films. Yeah. This is not. And know. we're we've scratched the surface. Yeah. Uh, Devil in a Blue Dress, Denzel. Yeah, I missed it. I missed it. <sighs> this is one of those. I saw it a long time ago. I should really revisit it. Um I know it's one of his powerhouse performances, but but I gotta like I watched Fences this year. Oh yeah, and I don't I didn't like it because I felt like it was a stage play that does that should have stayed on the stage. Right, like it was very obvious that Denzel was like, let's just take this stage play and put it on film, and. It's, 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 he was very passionate about all that. Well, he's very passionate about, it. and like, and here's the thing: good on him. I'm not going to say he shouldn't do that, but if I want to go see a play, I'm going to go see a play. If I want to watch a movie, I want to watch a movie. Mm. When there's like, there's some movies that they try to turn into plays, and there's some plays that they try to turn into movies, and sometimes it just doesn't work. The dialogue and the delivery was very stage play esque, mm. and it never transcended that. So. For me, I'm not saying it was bad. I'm just saying I was way too distracted by that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But the reason I, I say all that is because, like, this is one of Denzel's powerhouse uh, performances as well, but it's not stage play like like Fences was. Man, I wish I would have seen it now because when you say Denzel's powerhouse performances, I mean, Training when is he not? Day. Exactly. Yeah, when is I was not? about to start listing him, and it's just the hurricane. Like, deja vu, he was good. He was good in Deja Vu. He was <laughs> good in, uh, good. what was that train movie, Runaway or something? Uh, was it just called Runaway uh, Train? Yeah, I think so. Dude, even that or movie was good. Unstoppable. That mm. movie was good. Yeah. Shockingly, that movie was good. Man on Fire? Oh, get out of here. Yeah. That ugh. The Hurricane, you know, like you go on and on, and it's like, okay, Denzel, you're the man. That being said, I missed this one, so. Yeah, well, I'll have to go back and give it a give it a watch. Um Hunchback in Notre Dame was one of the also rants from Watch Mojo as well. I never saw it. I did. I don't I, care. I don't under. Well, that's kind of my my take on. It. I'm just like anyone's like Hunchback is really underrated. I'm like, no, it's not. It's I don't appropriately think I've rated. Ever heard anyone say that? Yeah, They're it's like, very. What you haven't seen that? Didn't you study film? It's like, dude, if we want to talk about underrated Disney movies, there aren't many. No, no, they're all pro- appropriately and, rated And that's why, high. like, well, someone told me the other day, they're like, Pocahontas is the best Disney movie. I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> it, you're going to say it's better than The Lion King? Really? <laughs> really? Better than Beauty and the Beast? Better than Aladdin? No, it's not. So, no, so we're not even going to acknowledge that one, no. right? Three Kings. I love Three Kings. Was that up for awards? David O. Russell, correct? David O. Russell before his uh, meltdown. I feel like it was his first kind of big thing. It did win some awards. I think it garnished some like independent awards. Yeah, so unfortunately we can't say that it's underrated. No, and like George Clooney's in it, you know. Clooney, Wahlberg, Ice, Ice Cube. Ice Cube. Speaking of rappers that act. He's good. Will Smith. <laughs> not not Will Smith isn't in it. I'm just saying rappers that act. He, um, Will Smith wasn't that good of a rapper. Yeah, but you can't tell me when getting jiggy when it comes on the radio, you don't oh, start Oh, totally. And you know what? The around. Fresh Prince, all that stuff. I love yeah. all that. Never mind. I take it back. Sorry, Will. <laughs> don't listen to this podcast. It's the Willennium. Um. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah, okay. No, there was some pretty bad moments in his rap I take career. it back. No, I bring it back again. <laughs> but so is Three Kings underrated? No, because it got the recognition it deserved. Yeah, okay. Moving on. It's a good movie. Everyone needs to see it. Mm-hmm. But Clooney refused to work with him after that. Really? Because I guess the way he was it the way he treated crew workers or something like that. Like he was just like, I don't care what the crew thinks. Like we're gonna work sixteen hours a day. And Clooney was like, Go after yourself. Like no, that's huh. not how you treat people. In he, the I, th- I believe he said he refused to work with them after that. Wow. So, uh, from dusk till dawn. Now this, I think this fits the mold. I love this movie. It is a stylized horror movie. Yeah. Um, and it could have failed so easily because Tarantino was so hot at the time. You know? Now, he wrote it? Uh, I don't... Co-wrote it? I Robert mean, him, Rodriguez him directed and, Right, but him and Rodriguez were thick as thin until Rose McGowan came in between the two of them. Mm-hmm. And for him to like hold down like a lead role, I mean, it kind of goes to show how talented he is, right? He knows film. Was it lead? <laughs> Spoiler alert. Did he... Uh, he died halfway through, right? Yeah, but I mean, he's on the poster. That's true too. It was like it starts out with him and Clooney being these yeah. brothers, right? Writer, yeah. Um, Screenplay, Quentin Tarantino. Dare I say, and I would love to find a list and redo this list. Uh, sexiest scenes of all time that don't involve nudity. <sighs> Selma Hayek's dance with the <laughs> snake. Yeah, I was sixteen at the time and feeling really uncomfortable watching you know this. What? 
She hasn't aged since that. Have you seen pictures of her recently? She's got that great olive skin. She She's could good. still pull that scene off. Yeah. Flawlessly. Yeah. But, I mean... Lebanese. Here's, here's, a, here's the thing is that that scene is amazing because not only is it just dropped in sexy and the music playing behind it is amazing as well. Um, Tito and the Tarantulas is the name of the band. That's right. Love it. Um, but that scene, like, she seduces uh, Quentin Tarantino in that moment. She has that great thing that she does where, like, she takes the tequila and pours it down her leg into his mouth. And he, for a guy who is obsessed, he, I mean, he's a pedophile in the movie, right? Yeah. Because he's, he's obsessed with Juliette Lewis, who's underage, mm. and all he keeps fantasizing about is her. And then all of a sudden, here comes Selma Hayek, and he's just mesmerized by her. Well, and that scene also kind of mesmerizes the audience into this trance, and then shit hits the fan right, right after that. Right. That was our first swear, by the way. <gasps> <laughs> it's like a saying. It, but it's funny, because even as an audience, you're, you're transfixed on all that as well. Totally. It's, it's just such a... It's funny, because whenever you hear two, you know grown-ass men talk about that scene <laughs> people are like <laughs> no that scene was very well thought out definitely that Played. whole movie's awesome i concur great title like it really works on a lot of levels that's going in the yellow i love it lawnmower man now it's been a while since i've seen this dated of course technology wise right. graphics very dated right stephen king Originally wrote it as like a short mm -hmm. story or something. Forgot about that. Um, it was good. It was real good. I don't remember it being good. I just remember it being like virtual reality. This is amazing. And then like when you watch it today, you're like, ooh. It really see that's the thing. I haven't seen it in so long. I really felt for the guy. And I, you know what it's like. It's like a that Sandra Bullock movie, The Net. Okay. Did you ever see that one? I didn't, but it's about the beginning of the internet, right? Yeah, it's about hacking before hacking was a thing. Uh -huh. um, Story-wise, it's about identity theft, essentially. Got it. And it's a, it's a really good movie, but just so dated. Like, it's like when you go back and you watch Hackers, and you're like, I could do that. <laughs> I, could totally I wanted do that. to mention Hackers. Hackers is one of my all-time favorite movies. Is it underrated? Yeah. Or is it rated right where it needs to be? Where people like you and I like love it. Like, is yeah. it really that great of a movie? Or is Dude, it just that's, like... I told you before, uh, Lawrence Mason, who played Lord Nikon in that movie. Yeah. He and I had a long conversation about the soundtrack and how we still oh, both yeah. listen to it. <laughs> and for one of the actors of the movie to still listen to a soundtrack from one of his movies, it's kind of a big deal. The only reason why I didn't mention Hackers was it's like top 10 most underrated movies of a decade. It's like, eh. I don't think Hackers makes that good. For me, it does, but maybe not the masses. Yeah. Well, this is our list. This is. Put it on, dude. Put it right on. Yell with it. Let's stick that right here. Uh, but Lawnmower Man, no. Okay. Unfortunately. Thought I'd ask. Yeah, it's always worth an ass. Mm -hmm. <laughs> worth an ass. <laughs> so it's, uh, Velvet Goldmine, I have not seen. Talk to me. <sighs> it's really good. Todd Haynes uh, directed, who has gone on to do great things. And it's it's like the story of David Bowie and Iggy Pop's love story, kind of told Citizen Kane-esque, where this reporter is going through all these people throughout his life and so putting these pieces together. Kind of like Sid and Nancy, but just different people. Yeah, but in way, it's very well done. It's very well done. The stylizing, like, from top to bottom, it's pretty good. 
<laughs> it's pretty great. Uh, I loved it, and it introduced me to Todd Haynes. Oh, well, that says something. Uh, but that being said, I think it garnished a lot of awards and whatnot. Okay. But well, it is underrated. I feel like people need to see this. And if you look back at the cinema of the 90s, this is probably one of the best films made back then. That interesting didn't get, statement. I'm going to say it. I just said it. I'm not. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say it again. <laughs> they recreated the soundtrack as Bowie esque, mm-hmm. but with like, you know, the guys from Radiohead and like everybody kind of took oh, a stab cool. at making a Bowie song. Oh, so it's kind of like I like Am Sam. Like Reed and like. Kind of like it, the movie I Am Sam where they all redid, like they had like Eddie Vedder and Sarah McLaughlin. They all like redid Beatles music. Mm-hmm. Kind of like that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, the movie Go. Did you see Go? I did see Go. What did you think? Did you see it at the time or just No, recently? I saw it after the fact. Okay. Pretty solid. It is solid. Sarah Pauly, like kind of came out of nowhere and it's like, well, this is kind of an interesting look for a lead girl. It kind of yeah. changed because it, it was like kind of like the typical beauty, like the she's all that's of the world. And yeah. then like all of a sudden here's Sarah Pauly with her kind of I like th- funny bone structure. And I like, think she's kind of hot. It, it's weird that I'm about to say this. I, I think it, the reason it got any sort of popularity mm. was because no doubt had a song on the soundtrack <laughs> and go is one of those soundtracks where the soundtrack might be better than the movie. It was strong at the time. Yeah. Super strong. I'm a big Jay Moore fan too. Yeah. He's I like uh, Jay Moore. He's an underrated individual in general. Just individual. In, right. Totally. But it's like got a good pace. It's quick. Yeah. I remember thinking like, wow, like cinema doesn't have to be so cookie cutter. Um, I remember being impressed by it. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah. We'll give it consideration. And it, it, for, uh, it kind of sums up that time pretty well. Whereas I think a lot of Better movies than in the 90s struggled for that. Better than Hackers? More mainstream than Hackers? Uh, well, Hackers was also a couple years before that. So 99. Still that time, though. That shows you how much time changed between two years. Hackers was 95. Go was 97? The 90s, everyone was trying to really like identify themselves. And, like, yeah. We need to like show the world who we are and what we are. Yeah. So there was a little bit of weirdness. But no one was wearing rash guards, as hot as Angelina Jolie was in that thing. <laughs> that was a little out of touch. Whereas Go, it was like, okay, I kind of know some of these people. Yeah, no, that's true. I can... And they were doing drugs. And it was like, okay, people do drugs. And Matthew Lillard and Hackers had the uh, Jane's Addiction haircut before Jane's Addiction did. Yeah, no. I'd, <laughs> I'd say it was a little more in touch than Hackers was. Touche. Copland. Now, you and I love Copland. I th- we've talked about Copland. I love that you put this on here because I probably would have forgotten about it. It absolutely deserves consideration. 100%. Is this, with the exception of Rocky and Rocky Balboa, is this Stallone's best acted movie? Yeah. yeah. It's in his top three. I don't. Yeah, I don't think there's much of a hesitation there. No. Rocky won. He's really good in. Because everything else, I mean, he's he's a character actor. He's always been a character actor. Mm. You know, he's playing the same person in every single movie. This one, he's not. He's playing a schlub. Yeah. This you is, know? It's a good movie. What's up, Fred? Well, this doesn't make things very easy for me. I mean, this is a pretty big thing you're having here. The day after, I mean, how do you think Freddy, this... what are you talking about? This guy came to see me yesterday, this Mo Tilden from IA. He brought all these pictures and... Freddy... That guy's had a hard-on for me for years. It's a personal thing. He is a scumbag. Right. You know how they recruited IAD? They catch you on the take, and they tell you 
You can either do time or join him. Well, he knows you know Superboy. I told him he's dead, Ray. I told him he's wrong about you, but I'm the sheriff. I mean, I'm supposed to know what's going on. How do you think this looks? Go on, Freddy. And don't think so much. Ray, I can't go. Freddy. Ray. Thank you. Go on. Go on. Very underrated. I mean, this list is. The, I think. I think it deserves they, uh, consideration. Yeah. Um, I'd I'd put it on there, man. I uh, would, but we can keep talking. Yeah, let's keep talking. Uh, of mice and men, of mice and men is tied with uh, Lord of the Flies as my two favorite books that I was forced to read in high school. Yeah. Um, now you're talking about the Gary Sinise and John Malkovich version, right? Correct. Yeah. Which I feel like was produced for like HBO or something, or, or am I wrong? Was that in theaters? I, I think it was in theaters. Okay. I think was it nominated for anything? Uh, I'll have to check that out. Um, here's the thing: one of my favorite stories of all time, but I'm not sure the movie blew me away that much. So adaptations, yeah, it's tough. They did a really good job, though, right? They, they did. Didn't blow they it. did a solid. No, they. Yeah, it's not like they were like, oh, they twisted the ending from the book. Like, no, mm-hmm. they they did it. Maybe that's why I was I wasn't as like I knew exactly what was going to happen the whole time. Right. That that definitely hurts things. But but then Malkovich I, is great. Malkovich is fantastic. Sinise is always the sympathetic lead. They're in Sherilyn Flynn. Fenn is the yeah the babe in it that. You don't <laughs> George, can we tend the rabbit? So, yeah, so underrated 90s films. It's like, that, that was a good movie. You know, It was good, um, but not like Copland good. True. It, not 12 Monkeys good. No. No, it was just good. Because here's the thing. I, like, as much as I love that story, as much as I really enjoy that movie... I feel like I'm going to put it on the list just so we have a reason to kick it off later. Yeah, right. You know? Yeah. Do you get that? Did you know Gary Sinise directed that film? Oh. Huh. Seriously? Stud, huh? Good yeah. for him. Yeah, this is pre-Forrest Gump. That was. So, credit to you. So, but This is probably around the same time as uh, Stephen King's The Stand, the miniseries The Stand. Probably, yeah. So 92. Good. So good. Um, PCU. I love PCU. Have you seen it? It always falls by the wayside for me. Like I have seen it. We but used to crack up. I mean, you know, we were smoking some grass when we would watch it because it's a comedy. But uh, favorite scene? Oh, it's easy. David Spade, his first day in the dorm, and he like meets his roommate, who is uh, Jeremy Piven. I don't know if you're aware of this, Gutter, but there actually was music recorded before 1989. What is this? You're gonna wear this to the show. You're gonna wear the shirt of the band. You're gonna go see. Don't be that guy. We would crack up dying laughing at that scene. We'd rewind it over and over because <laughs> it was so funny. That's pretty good. Yeah, um, it was like Favreau's kind of like kind of coming out as an actor. I love Favreau. Yeah. Favreau, Favreau, however you want to yeah. say it. P- putting it forward? I fucking love PCU. <laughs> I do. I just curse. I don't even know if I'm going to bleep that one. You, that was passionate. So you've seen it. <laughs> yeah, it just doesn't do much for me. Yeah, I mean, maybe I'm just so obsessed with that one scene. I feel like you're obsessed with that the way I'm obsessed with, like, Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah. <laughs> like, no one will ever agree with me that I think Revenge of the Nerds is one of the greatest <laughs> movies ever made. Because that panty raid scene in Revenge of the Nerds yeah. changed me. 
But PCU is also very dated. Like uh, yeah. Favreau's got like the the awful dreads, <laughs> and like, yeah, I just wanted to talk about it. All right, well, we'll, we'll consider it later. Maybe that's the one that we put on just to kick off. Cool. Um, Stargate, dude. The, another one. I have a question. Is that is this considered underrated? Because I feel like it did all right in the box office. Obviously, it did. It had its own spinoff TV show. You know. Okay, maybe that's why we disqualify is because it did lead to a spinoff. There was toys. But man, you talk about well, Twelve Monkeys had a show too, but that failed very quickly. Don't remember that one. Exactly. Yeah, Stargate had a sequel, I believe, too. Did it have a sequel? I don't know. It had like three spinoff shows. Okay, maybe maybe I'm just thinking of the shows. Freaking great movie. Um. Stand by. I want to see what Box Office Mojo did for. So, tell me if this is considered uh, a bomb. Seventy-one million dollars at the box office. Hmm. Uh, you can't call it a bomb. I mean, I don't know how much. Did well, it maybe cost maybe not a bomb, but I mean seventy seventy-one million in uh, nineteen ninety-four. 94, dude, that year, 1994. <laughs> um, I mean, it made almost 200 worldwide. It was ranked 17th that year. So, you, I mean, if it's top 20, you can't consider it a failure. Yeah, right? I guess not. Man, it cost them so $55 million dollars to make it. So they turned a profit. Yeah, well, after prints and advertising, they didn't. But whatever. All right. I guess it's it dis- disqualifies itself. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's good though. We we both love Stargate. I I love. I remember I walked into it blind, and it was like blows I, you I, away. I was like at the edge of my seat. Like, what is going to happen next? Yeah. What the fuck's going to happen when they go through that portal? It's. I didn't even mind the whole Egyptian like angle either. Well, no, that was amazing because there was actually that conspiracy theory that totally aliens and the Egyptians and all that stuff. I love that you put the professional <laughs> on here. <laughs> but you can't tell me that's not a cult classic I right know, now. I know, I just wanted to say it. <laughs> it's so good. Thank What's you. happening out there? All right, man, go away, DEA. Police. Why don't hey, you please. leave that poor family right. alone? Stuff, right? Everything's all right. Just calm down. Yeah, I am calm. I'll calm him. Why don't you leave him alone? He said, go back inside. He said, go back inside. <laughs> I mean, is this the we talked about this before? Is this the best performance by Gary Oldman? Because did didn't we we tried to give him the Oscar for it? And, That's right, and we didn't, and I can't remember what what took it away. Um, this is the movie I wanted to talk about earlier. Hot Shots Part Two. Oh man, the most underrated comedy of all time. If you want to talk about movies where the sequels are better than the original. There's only a handful. There's only a handful. This for sure. And I know people are like, well, you don't want to give it any credit because it's a it's a slapsticky like screwball. Well, it's not screwball, but it's a slapsticky comedy. Yeah. But I quote this movie regularly. Yo, it's so <laughs> it's, good. It's so good. The, where they're having the when they're mimicking uh, Rambo two. Or was it Rambo 2 or Rambo 3 where they're fighting and he's like, he dips his gloves in the caramel and then in the gummy bears. and <laughs> Yeah, the audience just is like, like a gummy kickboxer. Bears, gummy bears, sprinkles. <laughs> uh, kickboxer, that's what it was. Sorry. Um, just so good. And what, what was the girl's name? I know you know. Uh, the real actress? Yeah. 
Uh, I didn't know it until I looked up Valeria Golino. Well, she was also in uh, Big Top Pee Wee. She was in a few things. Everybody knows who she, she was is. A, she was a total babe back then. Every, I just remember her saying Topper, Topper, top, Topper Harley, <laughs> Topper Harley. She's yeah. She was. Um, oh man, if you she if you actually had to go back and like consider how many times like how long people spend on my top ten list of like hot like Hollywood babes. She might be all time because she was just, I mean, she's gorgeous in that movie. Totally. Um, and she's hilarious, too. Like, that's oh, the best so part. So good. And then Mr. Bean is in it. Man, it's such a good movie. It is so good. People Jeff need Br- to know. Uh, uh, Lloyd Bridges Lloyd Bridges, kills thank it. you. I mean, we, I think we played clips before about, like, the farting in the wetsuit and everything. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, Mr. Bean. <laughs> um, yeah, we love Hot Shots Part 2, so. You gotta put that in the yellow, dude. Yeah, <laughs> there's no way that's not going mm-hmm. yellow. Uh, white men can't jump. Mm. I feel like this did pretty good at the box office. Like I remember yeah. it being a big culture thing. Yeah, and it still is. You you know I think people can still quote that like Rosie Perez with you know Joey. foods that start with the letter Q. <laughs> Thirty nine is the answer. What is the question? How many books are in the Old Testament? I am so fucking good, honey. Jeopardy call yet? Mm-mm, not yet. But you know something? I'm going to need a nice dress because when they call, you got to be ready to go. Oh, I did the books of the Old Testament. You want to hear them backwards? No. It's Malachi, Zechariah, Haggai. Honey, please. Oh, and I did famous women and foods that start with the letter Q. You couldn't possibly imagine how many foods are out there that actually start with the letter Q. Will you please shut up? (laughs) Joey. Your mom is an astronaut. <laughs> Just take the ball out. You. Shut up. All right, what's the count? Nine, eight, up. Nine, eight, you. Get the fuck out of here. It's nine, eight, us. You dope. Junior, if you the fucking count, you'd be a fucking astronaut. It's nine, eight, up. Oh, man, George, your mother's an astronaut. Oh, he talked about your mama, man. He playing you for a punk. He playing you and your mama for a punk. Man, I wouldn't take it. I wouldn't take it, man. I wouldn't take it. My mother ain't no astronaut. She's your aunt. My mother ain't no astronaut. Say it. Say it. Your mother ain't no astronaut. Your father ain't no astronaut. Ain't no astronaut's got nothing to do with nothing, all right? Yeah, well, my mama ain't no astronaut. You understand me, huh? Huh? Don't his ass, man. What is this? Hey, George, man. Me saying that your mother's an astronaut is just another way of saying that you all fucked up. Yeah, well, cool. Well, well, let's just get off mamas, because uh, I just got off yours. Keep my mama out of this, brother. <laughs> She's out. She's out. Cool. Cool. She's out. Cool. She's out. What time do you want me to bring the bitch back? <laughs> what does that mean? I don't even know what that means. I don't know. I tried to look it up one time, and... and I gotta look this up. I can't remember. What does it mean? <laughs> so, according to the frumps.com, your mama's an astronaut means she poops in a diaper. That's silly. That's not as good as I thought it was gonna be. No. I I'm think actually, it's just like your mom's like spaced out or like. I actually kind of wish I hadn't looked that up because now I'm just really disappointed by that. That's a letdown. Oh, that's a good movie. <laughs> it Why is a good movie, up? though. They all do really well in that movie. It's not underrated. No, it's properly rated. It is um, properly rated. In the Line of Fire, at the time, I remember it being properly given its due. Maybe it's fallen by the wayside now, but yeah. Um, 
Yeah, because I think Malkovich really kind of, it was Malkovich, right? Yeah, and it was Clint Eastwood post yeah. Unforgiven. Yeah, I th- people were paying attention for sure. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that 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 one fell by anybody's wayside. I think yeah. that was that was right up there as it should have been. Uh, Cable Guy. I feel like that's become a cult classic. Yeah, I don't know why. I saw a couple that on a couple of lists, and I don't think that's underrated at all. I think maybe it's Jim Carrey's most underrated before he started doing stuff like the number 23. Like, cause this was, this was right in the, the wheelhouse of Ace Ventura, the mask, dumb and dumber. Mm. And he came out with this and people were like, Ooh, Whoa. Right. But I think since then people were like, no, like Ben Stiller directed, um, you know, it, like Matthew Broderick. I think people started to give it its due as time went by. Totally. The so. Menendez brothers, uh, parody. Yeah. I think they're Asian. <laughs> <laughs> I still, I say that often. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that goes over well in a crowded room. <laughs> uh, swimming with sharks. Kevin I missed Spacey. it. I missed it. Hey, it's good. It's worth a watch. But you know what? I think just because of my lackluster response to that, pretty much says all you need to know about yeah. putting it forward. Um, Ravenous. Did you ever see Ravenous? Uh, no. Saw it for the first time last year. Finally, it's yeah. always it's always been on the top of my queue, and I finally watched it. Um, David Arquette's in it. Um, it, it, he's not the star, but he's just in it. Um, basically, it's about colonial times, like exp- like the the times of uh, Lewis and Clark, and ex- you know exploring the frontier. And there's this guy living in the woods who's a cannibal, and he basically consumes people. And it's like he he gets some sort of like regenerative power by eating people, and he's basically attacking this fort, and. Anyone that tries to hunt him down, he ends up hunting them down. It's very convoluted. It's probably not the best story, but it's just, it, it was a very interesting way because like the music didn't make sense. There's a term called contrapuntal where like music doesn't make sense. Like if you've ever seen the movie Funny Games, it starts off with death metal, uh-huh. but it's showing a family in a van driving through like this idyllic summer town, but you're hearing death metal and you're like, that's contrapuntal. You're like, this doesn't make sense. Stuck in the middle with you. In Reservoir right, Dogs is right. contrapuntal, and Ravenous had a lot of that, and maybe that's why it was so interesting. Was because it was a it was a frontier movie that just seemed out of place, which is kind of what the movie was about. Anyways, I've rambled for a good minute there, and I don't think I'm going to put it forward, but it was just it was interesting. I'm I'm glad I finally saw it, but it's you know it's worth a watch. Yeah, uh, Dark Man, what do you think? I don't know if it's. I think it, that's properly rated. You think? Yeah. Liam Neeson. It wasn't like it didn't blow up at the time. It wasn't like that big of a deal, but it also like didn't go under the radar by any means. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Another Sam Raimi thing. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh very bad things. I liked very bad things. I really liked it. A lot. I mean it was the hangover before the hangover was the hangover. Totally. That was three hangovers. <laughs> there were three hangovers. Um I mean Jeremy Piven, doing Jeremy Piven stuff. Yeah, Daniel Stern. Daniel Stern, that's right. I just remember the ending was like, whoa, that came out of nowhere. Yeah, which I liked. Christian Slater yeah. was kind of falling by the wayside at that point. Yeah. I mean, it's essentially a story about going to hooker, uh, going to hooker, going to Vegas and killing a hooker. Yeah. As you all do. It's a bucket list thing. <laughs> and Peter Berg directed. That's right. He's a good filmmaker. Yeah, except for Battleship. I missed it. I wanted to see it. Keep missing it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he uh inside sources very close to me he did not want to do battleship at all he really didn't want to do it but the only way he could make uh 
What was the one with Mark Wahlberg? Oh, Lone Survivor. The only way he can make Lone Survivor is if he did Battleship. And so he, rumor has it, he literally just went to the set, sat in the chair and was like, act. Wow. Do whatever you got to do. Because the Lone whole time. Lone Survivor was good. Because the whole time he was he was prepping Lone Survivor huh. while directing Battleship. Has the U.S. government like recruited Peter Berg to make propaganda films? I don't know, because Patriot's Day was pretty solid. Yeah. I just feel like everything he does is like some like sensitive political that's what he wants to do but then the studios keep pulling him in to make this schlocky nonsense like we're gonna make a alien sci-fi movie based off of a board game like let's not do that man let's spend that money on more worthy worthwhile movies that people actually want to see um joey when you when people grow up they watch (laughs) certain movies and it just it just becomes endearing and you just watch them a lot yeah for me, Tremors was that movie. Tremors is good. 1990, <sighs> barely makes the cut. Kevin Bacon, Fred Ward. It's intense. Graboids. We'll call them graboids. <laughs> so for anyone who's never seen Tremors, first off, grow up and watch Tremors. Two, it's essentially, imagine a, like a studio director going to the, the investors and saying, all right, guys, imagine this. Jaws. On land. Underground. Underground. And instead of a shark, they're worms. But wait, they've got seven tongues. (laughs) And wait a minute, Kevin Bacon. Thank God for Kevin Bacon. I mean, I'm sold on that already. Kevin Bacon, man. He's had such a career. He was such a creep. He had like 10 street movies of just being a complete creep. Yeah, and then he came out being a hero with Footloose in this one. Yeah, Um, this one. You know what was so funny is like at the end. Spoiler alert. When the worm is charging him, when the graboid is charging him, mm-hmm. and he just like very casually just steps out of the way at the last second, and the worm goes flying off the cliff, and he just goes, Can you fly, sucker? Oh my. <laughs> and you're like, It's so bad. Now, can we consider a movie that's had five sequels to be underrated? Because clearly it had some momentum. Yeah, because. Hellraiser spawned a hell of a lot. Well, Hellraiser's not underrated. I wouldn't say that. Literally, Tremors 5. (laughs) (laughs) And they're all so good in their own way. (laughs) Yeah, I guess not. I guess it's a cult. It's kind of a quintessential 90s, like, cheesy horror movie. I want to watch it right now. Kind of, right? If it was on TV, I'd stop. Dude, that scene where Reba McIntyre and what's-his-name are just like... (laughs) Literally, they have an arsenal of weapons in their basement, and the graboid comes through the wall, and you just, it's literally five minutes of gunfire at a wall, and you're just like, this is ridiculous, but you're like, I can't stop watching. Yeah, those female country music singers think they can all act. (laughs) See how how ignorant that sounds? I I see what you did there. Moving on, <laughs> you got, uh, I think Tremors. You is got Reba McIntyre and Tremors. You've, yeah, you've got Leanne Rhymes and Coyote Ugly. Jewel. Oh. Hey, all white female country singers can't act. <laughs> yeah, I think Tremors is properly rated. I think people okay. still love it, um, including us. Chaplin was nominated for some stuff. It was. So underrated, though. Even though it, I mean, here's the thing: is 
if we didn't have the criteria of it was like an award favorite, Chaplin would for sure be on the list. For sure. It yeah, I mean you I'd consider that underrated. Eyes wide shut. In my mind it's it's without a doubt it's Kubrick's most underrated. That's true. And it took a lot of heat at the time for it did take a lot of heat. Not being that well, not not being that well done, but I, I disagree. It's amazing. It's a dude for me. We've talked about it before. For me, Eyes Wide Shut is a five star movie. Is Eyes Wide Shut top ten nineties films? No, but but not it, far out of it. But if it's a but here's the thing: if it if it's top ten nineties movies, it's not going to be on this list, right? Because this movie is movies that should be considered for top ten, but definitely weren't. Which Eyes Wide Shut probably should be on that list. At least top 25. I wouldn't even say 25, but it, I mean, it is without a doubt underrated. Absolutely. Hmm. Yeah, but it's very well known. It's iconic at this point. For the sex scenes? I mean, I mean, a lot of things, I guess, because they were a couple, Tom Cruise, Nicole yeah. Kidman, you know, that was, a, it was a big deal when it came out. Okay. I do think it's underrated, though. Well, let's nah, keep it in consideration. Okay. Yellow that. Alien 3. Saw it in the theaters. It's good. Fincher's uh, first crack at superstardom. What'd you think? Loved it when it came out. Yeah. Fell into the category of people that was like, meh, not that good after the fact. Mm-hmm. Watched it many years later and was like, as long as you ignore the fact that CGI was not what it is today. Yeah. The style of it, the like the sci-fi noir aspect of it. See, that's that's why I love the Alien franchise, because every movie is really its own thing. The Mm. first one was sci-fi horror. The second one was action horror. This one was like sci-fi noir horror. There was just something about it that was it was very unique. Every alien movie is very unique. And I feel like this one doesn't get any love because everyone's like, oh, the gra-, like the special effects are so bad. If you look at it in terms of the alien franchise, mm-hmm. it's very necessary. Definitely. Right. Yeah, because the fourth one doesn't happen the way that it does without it. I liked it. Charles S. Dutton. What happened to him? Remember him? Big yeah. black guy, bald guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What the hell else was he in? He was kind of hot at that moment. Was he in Rudy? He was in Rock. He had that show. Uh, was he, he the janitor he in, Rudy? in Rudy? He was. That's That totally. was the other thing I remember. Um, dude, I think Alien 3 deserves a lot more credit. Yeah, there's some good, there's some good performances, and Sigourney Reaver kind of kills it. Do we consider it? I, I, I when when I saw this list, I was like, I bet there's gonna be a sequel on there that like people think like, oh well, no, it's a big franchise. It's like, no, that it is underrated. Is it underrated or just underappreciated? Well, is, or is that the same thing? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's close to the same thing. Okay. Well, let's keep it in consideration. Yeah. Let's 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 not uh, get ahead of ourselves yeah. on this one. Uh, I'm fading, dude. We gotta kick this up. Oh, we did we did put hackers on there. I'm I'm putting hackers in the yellow. Oh my goodness. You can't not. We've already given it too much love. Okay. Alive. Good call on Alive. Um, I think, yeah. It 
it still kind of holds up. I think when it came out, though, it was a huge deal. No doubt. So, so it can't really be underrated. No, but it. I think it's it's forgotten, unfortunately. Yeah. People have forgotten it, and so if this was like top ten forgotten movies of the '90s, for sure. Mm, unless you're our age, and like, yeah, it's, it's impossible to forget. Same thing with Outbreak. Yeah. Outbreak was huge at that time. Dude, it was a big film. The only reason why people know what Ebola is is because of the That's movie right. Outbreak. <laughs> it was really well done, though. <laughs> really liked that movie. Uh, I never saw monkeys the same way again after Outbreak. No. Starship Troopers. That was a big deal. Kind of. I think it became Denise a big Richards. Deal. That's right. That was her first big break. And this was before um, Neil Patrick Harris was who he is today. Yeah. This was like his first reemergence since Doogie since Hauser. Doogie, yeah. I remember thinking like, God, they kind of nailed it. Like it's really campy. Yeah. And I think they did that on campy. purpose. Yeah. Is it based on a comic book? It is. Probably. I think what it was the what was the lead guy's name? Casper Van Dien? Yeah. He killed it. God, I worked with him. He's good. That's a guy that loves his fame and not not in like a co- well I guess it like he's he's he knows his place in the in the the world of Hollywood. Good for him. Yeah. Which is Starship Troopers. Exactly. Yeah, he knows what's up. Um Lolita? Did you ever see it? HBO produced a remake with Jeremy Irons. No, I only saw the uh, the James the Mason Kubrick. one, the Kubrick one. For a remake, it's really good. Really, like you feel for Jeremy Irons. At least I do. I don't know. Maybe I love just, Jeremy Irons. He's good in this. He's good in it. I feel like since Kubrick's such a powerhouse of cinema that like this kind of gets overlooked. Blasphemy for remaking Kubrick. Right, but it was really well done. Melanie Griffiths, like, super good in it. She was, like, the older one, obviously. Dominique Swain was her name. She played Lolita. Remember what her? What else was she in? Uh, She was in Face Off. She had a little bit of a run after that, some, like, really cheesy 90s, like, teen hmm. films. But uh, she plays a great Lolita. Man, I wish you would have seen it because I feel like you'd agree. I don't even remember that they remade it. Again, I'm pretty sure it was, like, an HBO production. Yeah, that's probably why I didn't see it. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, well. Toy Soldiers. Did you see Toy Soldiers? I, I don't know if I did or not. That came up on a couple of these lists. Yeah. Um, I can't remember who like the supporting cast, but it was uh, Sean Astin was the lead. A, uh, it, it's Phil like, Hartman was the voice, right? Or no? The voice? Oh, yeah. I'm thinking of uh, where the toys come alive. Uh, Small uh, soldiers? Correct. Oh no 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 no! That was on a lot of lists. You're right. No, Toy Soldiers is uh, Sean Astin and his buddies are at like a, uh, not a military school, but like a like a prep, not a prep school. Like what do you, what do you call that? Where like you get sent away? From, boarding school. Yeah, at a boarding school, um, they get invaded by like I Russian see terrorists. Yeah, Will Wheaton's in it. Will from Wheaton. Stand That's by right. me. That's right. Um. And it's basically like this group of kids is fighting this group. I, I believe they're Russians. Maybe they're Russians or they're German or something like that. But they they take over the school and they're setting up like this huge terror network. And like some of the kids are outsmarting them. And it's just really, really uh, just people forgot about it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why. Like I ended up 
having uh, back when I was still collecting DVDs, like I remember buying it for like sixty bucks on eBay because nobody had it. <laughs> and I was like, I need this movie. It was a little bit Red Dawnish. It was totally Red Dawnish. Just you know, totally done for a new generation. Yeah, I guess in that sense, it's kind of. I do love it though. I actually like it way more than Red Dawn. I know that's <laughs> that's blasphemy for a lot of people, but sorry, it's true. Um, Eyes Wide Shut, we already did. Wild at Heart, never saw Wild at Heart. No, really? Yeah. Oh man, talk to me. I don't see. I don't know if it's underrated though, because. Um, Patricia Arquette. Wait, no, no. I'm sorry. God, blasphemous. Laura Dern mm-hmm. is so good in it. I love Laura Dern. And Nick Cage. And it's David Lynch. So it's like, no, never saw it. Never saw it. No. Why is this uh, not even ringing a bell for me? The freaking wardrobe is classic. And there's so many good lines. I don't know if it's underrated. That's my problem. Okay. But it's also not, you know, you talk about Lynch. It's not the first movie that really comes up with him. Um, But there's something very Lynchian about it, you know. Yeah, sorry, dude. I I can't help you out on that one. Do, okay. do you want to yellow it or? No, it's okay. Okay. Universal Soldier. Okay, so I'm obviously a huge Jean Claude Van Damme fan. My name is Jean Claude Van Damme. I will dance for you. And his best work took place in '88 and '89, which was Bloodsport and Kickboxer. Touche. Every year. In this the is Dolph 90s. Lundgren too, right? Yeah, correct. Yeah. In the '90s, every year he came out with the film. And they got progressively worse. It was like Death Warrant and then Lionheart. It's like, okay, those are good. Which is the one where he then jammed. It's like Double Impact. Which one did, is the one where he jammed his thumbs in the Jamaican dude's eyes? <laughs> I don't know. What was that one? I don't know. They're think, all kind of mixing it was Double Impact. Now. But by the end, it's like Sudden Death. It was like really bad. I like Sudden Death. Well, but Universal Soldier, it's kind of deals, it's kind of Westworldian. It's like, am I, like, what's going on? Like, yeah. It's a little bit See, deeper than the rest of his films. And here's the thing is you kind of have to, with Jean-Claude Van Damme, you kind of have to abandon all hope of like psychological thrillers. <laughs> right. Like, just kind of get, give he's us what we came sell, for. He's not going to sell you on that. Like, give me, give me Time Cop where he's just going to do a split on the kitchen counter. Totally. <laughs> you know, honestly, I put it on there just because I wanted to talk about Jean-Claude. I, I appreciate your honesty. I was hoping Kickboxer came out in like January of 90, but no, it was 89, yeah. so. Um Adam's family? Uh, sorry, you put Cape Fear on there first off. That is not underrated. No, it's so not good. Even close. Okay, you're it right. is so good, but it's not even close to being People underrated. Like yeah, Adam's family. I, I I just feel like it's aging really well. It is, but it was huge. Like it that made huge. Raul Julia a household name, right? And Christina Ricci, it like kind of. I have not her. stopped having a crush on Christina Ricci since. And by the way, before you make a pedophile joke about that, mm. we are the same age. It was okay. Totally it was like Nat- it was like Natalie Portman in The Professional. I am allowed to have crushes on these girls because right. I was the same age as them. Right. Now, if someone's just watching it for the first time now, and they're thirty-five years old, and they're like, "Who that Christina Ricci hot?" <laughs> You're like, "Listen, dude, let's you just dial it back Somebody's about a hundred times." HR on that one. <laughs> yes, uh, go for HR. <laughs> uh, gross point blank. I don't know if this is underrated. I don't think it is. It I think isn't, right? I think enough people would say it's one of Cusack's best movies. Okay. But uh, I like where your head's at. Give yeah, it. Thanks. I will absolutely agree that this next one is so underrated. Oh. Joey, do you believe in alien abductions? Um, I don't know about the abductions, but I believe in aliens. I've seen one with my friends. We were high. You know what I love about 
horror movies that claim to be based on true stories is mm. that they never really are. Um, but this movie that you put on this list, and I freaking love you more than I'm I so really glad. do for it. I'm so glad. Fire in the Sky. It is scary. So here's the thing for, we're going to spend a couple minutes on this one. Um, for those who don't know, Fire in the Sky is based on a true story about an alien abduction. Now, before you turn the channel mm. and say, or hit pause or delete or whatever on this podcast, when I say it's based on a true story, it's based on an actual police report filed by Travis Walton's friends. Right, Travis Walton? That's his name? I believe it is. Travis Walton. Yes, correct. In the 1970s, yep. uh, he and his friends were uh, they were lumberjacks, and they were coming back from working in the <sighs> middle of the woods. Man. And they saw a... Uh, so so here's what the police report says. This is the actual police report uh, that was filed. It said that they saw um, something in the sky that looked like it was on fire. Travis Walton got out of the truck. He was hit with some sort of a light beam that launched him 75 yards back, and the rest of them took off. They ended up going back to to get him, and he was gone. That was the police report. That's the actual police report that was filed. Um, not verbatim. I didn't just read it, but that's <laughs> that's what the police report essentially said. What followed after that and what follows in the movie is essentially a court drama, which is yeah. the entire town uh, doesn't believe the, the guys' story. They believe that they murdered Travis Walton and buried him in the woods. And so what follows is uh, searching for Travis Walton's body and basically doubting anything that these people have to say. Um, fast forward like five days. Five days later, Travis's best friend receives a phone call from Travis, who is like several towns over at a gas station. Yeah, who is this? Just hang up the phone. I'll accept it. Go ahead, sir. Mike. Travis. Help me. They drive out in the middle of the night to pick him up, and he's naked. He has bru- like weird bruises all over his body, and he is tweaking the F out. <laughs> and if you've never seen Fire in the Sky... D.B. Sweeney plays Travis Walton. Yeah. I've never seen a portrayal of, I mean, what would you call it? Like immediate post-traumatic stress post traumatic stress disorder? He does really good in that movie. Here's the thing. Without even seeing any aliens at that point, I have a hard time watching that scene because of the noise that he makes, like the shrieking noise that he makes. Travis? Travis. Travis, it's Travis. us. Hey, man. Travis, what's wrong? Hey, baby, hey Travis, man. it's Mike. Hey, it's your partner. You remember me? Travis, your partner. MT Motors. Harley. You cold, man? Take it easy, bro. Take it easy. Don't try to talk, man. Travis. <laughs> Somebody get him some water. Hey, man, it's going to be okay. Everything's going to be all right, Travis. 
Hey, Dana's right here. That sound is so traumatic to a listener. And to watch the reaction on all of his friends' faces, you're like, this is messed up, dude. So what? So before he even arrives, actually, back it up a little bit, his friends take a lie detector test. Yeah. Peter Berg, one of those friends. Was it? Yeah, he's in there. Oh, interesting. I didn't even know that. Um, he, uh, They all take a lie, a lie detector test where they ask him if, if they actually saw what they said they saw and if they murdered Travis Walton. With the exception of one guy who's like a skeevy, weird dude, they all pass. They all claim that they saw a UFO abduct their friend and they passed the lie detector test. That is all on the record as being a legit police matter as well. So when Travis Walton comes back, they interview him and he tells them what happened. He passes a lie detector test. So when you when you sit there and, and by the way, the last fifteen minutes of Fire in the Sky, the most terrifying fifteen minutes maybe in movie history. I was gonna say, only then do they start showing you oh, what you've been waiting for the you whole don't time. See, yeah, you don't start to see flashes of anything that happened until he comes back. And once that happens, you're like, I don't want to see, I don't want to see, I don't want to see. I literally just got goosebumps thinking of the freaking aliens. Oh, Cre- probably Beating the creepiest because here's the thing I love the movie Alien I love the movie I love the Xenomorph mm-hmm. um, but the aliens in Fire in the Sky are they're so much more plain and that's what makes them scarier is that you're like if there were aliens out there this is probably what they are so I'm looking at like the suction remember they like they like lay that like saran yeah. wrap over him Oh. I'm looking out the window behind you right now. I'm like, I don't, don't want to see any movement don't, behind please you. Don't. I'm so scared. Those aliens are so scary. In the probing, yeah. the, they put the goo in his mouth. Basically, anything that you don't want to admit probably happens during alien abductions happens to Travis Walton. Oh. Um, so, oh my God. Joey, I'm not even going to debate it. I'm going to put this in the green right now because we, we can't spend that kind of time talking about this movie and not give it its proper due. Mm-hmm. So, Fire in the Sky faux show is going forward. Um, Robin Hood Men in Tights. <laughs> Go, going from Fire in the Sky to Robin Hood Men in Tights. I love this podcast. Uh, uh, another one of those movies where I like literally blew my funny fuse when the, the blind guy is like fighting with the sword and he's chopping at the wood. Blinking. <laughs> My favorite is when Carrie always walks by. He's blink, uh, Blinken's up on the the, por- <laughs> the perch in the middle of the night. He's blind and he's like looking around. <laughs> and Robin Hood comes up. He's like, Blinken, what are you doing up there? Guessing. I guess no one's coming. Please come down from there. Tweet. Well, I guess there's a ladder around here somewhere. Oh, here we are. Right. Oh, shit. Oh! 
I can save! No, I was wrong. Because <laughs> Robin Hood was such a huge hit with Costner right before that. Oh, you had to make this fun was, of it. You know, Mel Brooks's commentary on all that. I mean, I would go as so far as to say this is definitely Mel Brooks's most underrated comedy. It's either this or Dracula Dead and Loving It. <laughs> Never saw that. Oh, it's worth a watch. Shoot. I mean, is anything Mel Brooks does underrated? Yeah. Dracula Dead and Loving It. Okay. And, and Robin, Robin Hood Ben and Tights. I mean, here's the thing. Did you know who Dave Chappelle was before this movie? No. I... But you kind of knew who he was after. Yeah. Maybe not as much as after Half Baked, but... Yeah, right. I mean, he he was man, uh, a chew. young young man in this movie. Yeah, he was a chew. Bless you. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love this movie, Evan. I, I'd like to keep it in consideration. I, I'm debating just putting it in green, but Rad. I don't think we can just yet. Um, I'm sorry, Joey. I, I have to red light Blade. <laughs> Why? Because it was insanely popular and okay, it still is. Because <laughs> you can't say it's underrated, but I know you put it on here because you just want to talk about I just, it. I just love it. And so I know much. you can't hear it right now, but right now the audience is listening to that techno rave music. Yes. Because it's so fist-pumpingly awesome. Uh, he was so pissed. The blade. He gets so pissed. You know my favorite line in that one is? Uh, Some motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate uphill. <laughs> so like that line is on par with always been all black from passenger 57 yeah right wait was passenger 57 in the 90s oh yeah yeah is that no people give it enough credit unfortunately well i mean fortunately i should say um she's all that <sighs> i just feel I... like at the time it got its due yeah I mean, it, it elevated FPGA to, like, a whole new level. That's, That's Freddie Prince Jr. Freddie Prince Jr., for, for those uh, who don't know. <laughs> if you're not in the club. Um, yeah. It, I mean, here's the thing. They made a uh, a crappy, not another teen movie, whatever, parody about it. So, obviously, it made an impact right. enough to be parody, uh, par- parodied? Paradised? Parod- parodied. Parodied. Yeah. I like paradised. Rachel Lee Cook. Yikes! Yeah, at that time it was like Hottie she McCauley. is all that. Uh, and Matthew Lillard, of course, the king of all those I freaking movies. Dude. Matthew Lillard, just because of Hackers and Scream, he could like he could join ISIS, and I'd be like, he's still Matthew Lillard, though. <laughs> well, that's not true, but you know, um, yeah, I, I can't say it's underrated. It was big. Yeah. It basically made Freddie Prince who he is today. Um, election, Alexander Payne. This yeah. was this was what put him on the map. Totally. And Reese Witherspoon is so good in it. And Matthew Broderick. Yeah, everybody kills it. Yeah, it's solid, but... Yeah, hmm. yeah it's underrated. It absolutely is underrated. Okay. Yeah, well... I mean, for anyone who hasn't seen it, uh, Reese Witherspoon is like the goody two-shoes that Matthew Broderick, the teacher or the principal? I think he's just a teacher. He basically wants to kill her because she's goody two shoes, and she's like, she always gets her way. She's a she's a president of the student body, something like that. Like she, mm-hmm. she's basically just whatever she says she's goes. Determined to become the president. Yeah, and Matthew Broderick, it, not that like not in like a falling down kind of way, but like Matthew Broderick is just like I ain't having it. <laughs> like she needs to go. Oh, it's so good. It gets pretty dark too, which is yeah. There's like this weird sexual tension. 
Yeah. Even though it's not sexual. It's, it's I might not believe this. It's essentially hate fucking. Like, <laughs> like I hate you so much that I need to fuck it out of you. Like, that's, <laughs> that's what it comes down to. Um, yeah, it's, it's worth it just for that kind of awkward tension. Definitely. Totally worth it. And then uh, the game. Again, I'm not sure if this is underrated or not, because in my mind, it's a freaking fantastic movie. See, if we ever end up doing the 2000 list from WatchMojo.com, mm-hmm. Zodiac would for sure be on the list that makes it. Because Zodiac is Fincher's most underrated movie of all time, in my opinion. And I feel like the game is kind of on that level, but I feel like more people appreciate it. And I remember when it came out, people were like going insane for it. Yeah, I remember there being a pretty big crowd, okay. uh, a pretty big, pretty big crowd for it. So, um, all you right, know Joey. What? it did pretty, it did pretty well at the box office. It did so. it. Okay, all right, Joey. So we've got a, a handful to select from. Uh, a lot of these are personal favorites, and you know what? That's okay. Yeah, that is because okay. honestly, this isn't this isn't an award. This is just a, a top ten list of movies that need to be appreciated more, appreciated at our level. Correct. So people need to to get with it. So let's go back to the original list. The ones that we uh, we kept there are f- there are six that we kept. One is already on the the final list, which is falling down. So the the remaining five: Gattaca, Existence, Kingpin, Miller's Crossing, A Simple Plan. Um, is there one of those that you would just immediately keep? I think there's two. I would keep Kingpin, and I would keep A Simple Plan. Okay, so I'm going to get rid of Existence. God, I love that movie. I'm going to get rid of Miller's Crossing. Because I agree with Simple Plan and Kingpin, but I also want to consider Gattaca. But you haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. Um, all right, well, that's just okay. a couple. Um, okay, let's look at... Uh, One we both love is Copland. I feel like this that is this list was like made for that yeah. movie. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. That Copland is a is a movie. It's the epitome of it just never got its shake, never got its due, at the box office or in 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 the mm-hmm. cult world, I guess, or in the award world. That too. Yeah, Stallone should have won for that. Something. Um, let's look at let's look at some of the comedies here. Uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights and Hot Shots Part Two. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we should keep one or the other. Okay. You think? Well, I mean, Mel Brooks versus like an Abrams type of comedy. Uh, is it fair to to pin one against the other? I don't know if that is because okay. Hot Shots Part Two. I feel like. Okay. Well, look. At, so right now, for the audiences that that can't see this, we have seven. Uh, right, seven more voids to fill. A Simple Plan, Kingpin, Gattaca, 12 Monkeys, From Dust Till Dawn, Hot Shots Part 2, PCU, Go, Alien 3, Hackers, Election, and Robin Hood Men in Tights. I'm going to tell you right, pick one that you can't live without. <sighs> underrated. Yes. I'd say 12 Monkeys is underrated. That's exactly the one that I was going to put. Cool. And I can't believe we almost red lit that one earlier. My my sincerest apologies. That Quite one. All right, it made it through. That movie is just too effing amazing, and the music, that weird little like accordion yeah. sound. That's accordion, right? I don't know, but it's strange. Yeah, it's weird, it's and I, I love every second of it. I don't know if From Dust Till Dawn's underrated, because at the time I you feel think it's like got cult status. 
It definitely does in my world and all my homies. Like we loved it. Okay. You know. Sorry, Rodriguez. This is a tough list, right? Because <laughs> well, we're picking movies. Here's that, the thing: we're denying movies we love. I was just like, "Sorry, Rodriguez," but I'm like, "Well, it just means that people love your movie enough." <laughs> yeah, that's not so a bad thing. It's actually bad that if you end up on this list, um, go and PCU. <laughs> I feel like those two we can put up against each other. Yeah. You want PCU, don't no, you? No, I, I, of course I do. But I think if I had to pin those two up against each other, I would go. say Go is more underrated than PCU because. PCU might be properly rated, which is poorly. (laughs) (laughs) They're begging us. Please have a party. Feed us drinks. Get us laid. Ah! Uh, It's very dated. um, Okay, so one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine left for six. So we got to get rid of three. Okay. So do you see? Yes, I see one that would can just get rid of right now which one your favorite hackers oh. the, the movie in general isn't underrated it's not like damn that was such a good movie come on Eddie. i know you're give me those puppy dog eyes come you're on. like dude come on it's just the rash guard <laughs> <laughs> and she was like so young and fresh at that point oh yeah she wasn't angie jolie at that point no Oh, the music is so it's good. Not, yeah, but the movie's not that good. At... Damn it, Joey. Sorry. Fine. Um, let's talk about Alien 3 a little bit more. Okay. What do you think? I feel like we should wait on that, because it is underrated. I truly believe Alien 3 is underrated. Okay. <laughs> it's not... <laughs> it's not as... It's not like a... It's not one of those sequels that's better than the original. I'm starting to feel like Gattaca might be getting more of a cult following these days. Yeah. You still got to watch it, though. Okay. I'm taking it off the list, but you still got to watch it. That's what I was thinking before we came into this pod. I'm thinking like Gattaca's kind of built up momentum. Okay, so... I could say that about Kingpin, too, though. I think people really love Kingpin these days. I disagree. I think the more I talk to people about like comedies, people are yeah. like, really? Kingpin? Oh, yeah, man. really, Kingpin. Who are you talking to? Stupid people. <laughs> exactly. Don't listen to this podcast. The rose in the bowl in the bowling ball. <laughs> that thing is amazing. I need you now more than ever. <laughs> it's like I wasn't talking when you were bowling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you got a lot of sugar back there, Mister Big Earn. What, what's all that for? D- didn't I tell you to call me bigger? <laughs> um. All right, so from these, we just got to get rid of one more. Hot Shots Part 2 is too good. Uh, was it a huge success? No. It wasn't, right? No. But is it has it become a cult movie? In this room, it has. <laughs> this is true. This is true. I don't think I, I can. Don't... Here's the thing. Joey, huh. we, we created, or <laughs> yes, we created this podcast yeah. so that we could pay homage to the movies that never got a fair shake. That's correct. Therefore, I'm putting Hot Shots Part 2 in the green. Yes. There was no way we we're going to deny that. I, I, I love that. It's on the <laughs> list. <laughs> um, so uh, what do we got left? I f- all right. So we have five slots left and we have six options. So we've got to get rid of one of these. 
A Simple Plan, Kingpin, Go, Alien 3, Robin Hood Men in Tights, and Election. I see two that I would put up against each other. Which ones? I want to see what you say, though. I don't know if Robin Hood Men in Tights is... uh... Well, it's underrated. It's underrated. But it's also like a a run-of-the-mill parody. A chastity belt? That's going to chafe my willy. (laughs) For me... Richard Lewis's mold moves the whole whole movie. Your Majesty, stop me if I'm wrong about this, but wasn't your mold on the other side? I have a mole. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What What are you What are you thinking? Go an election. I like that because they were both. It wasn't. No one was trying to kid anyone. That's like this is the independent movement. Yeah. We're making an independent film, even though they were big budget. Yeah. You know. So which one? I think election's so superior to go as far as the film goes. But is go still underrated? I no. mean, it, it's gotten this far. It I is. Don't, I don't think so. You think Go is properly rated? I think so. It didn't blow me away. It was well done, but it wasn't like uh, Run, Lola, Run, where it's like, wow, I've never seen anything oh, like that dude, before. Oh, dude, Run, Lola, Run. So I'm assuming quite a few listeners, I'm sure, I'm sure quite a few listeners have seen Run, Lola, Run, and quite a few probably haven't, uh, which is unfortunate for both because... Those who have are probably like, why isn't Run Lola Run getting any love on this? Mm-hmm. And those who haven't seen it are like, well, what the hell is Run Lola Run? Run Lola Run is, uh, it's the epitome of a um, like a, a video game made into a movie, but not in the sense that like Assassin's Creed is a video game made into a movie. You know, it's just very, um, it, it, it's like the the video game generation and their first crack at like making movies. Like it's very fast paced. Yeah. It's very. Uh, um, it's very montagey and whatnot. It's just, it's really. It's got good. the animation in it. Did yeah. you ever see? Um, so Tom Tykwer, I believe that's how it's pronounced, the director of Run Lola Run. He did a follow up called The Princess, Princess and, the, and Warrior. the Warrior. Never saw it. I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about, though. That's a great, great yeah. film. I gotta see that one. Yeah, year two thousand. All right, that, that might come list? up. That might come up on a different <laughs> list. Well, Joey, we have our top ten. Do we? So, oh my God, ladies and gentlemen, we are taking WatchMojo.com's top ten underrated movies from the 1990s, which was ten through one: Dark City, Gattaca, Strange Days, Falling Down, Existence, Kingpin, Ghost Dog, The Way of the Samurai, Red Rock West, Miller's Crossing, and Simple Plan. And we have our now top ten snubbies, underrated movies of the 1990s in no particular order: Falling Down, Fire in the Sky, Copland, Twelve Monkeys, Hot Shots Part Two. <laughs> <laughs> a simple plan, Kingpin, Alien Three, Election, and Robin Hood Men in Tights. Evan, this is a very well-rounded list. Love this. List. I love this list too. Because here's the thing: at any given point, if you'd come to me with any of these movies and said, "Let's watch this right now," I would literally drop this microphone totally and go watch it with you. It's amazing how good we are at this. If we can snuggle, we're so good at this. Can we snuggle? Oh yeah, cool. Yeah. Now we got to pick one. We do. Should we try? Should we make it easy on ourselves and do like the top three underrated? Films? I think we. I think we should pick three, and then from there we'll, we'll narrow and it down. We won't have to do one through three, but like no, no. Um, I think Copland is truly underrated. 
All these movies are. We, we put them on here for a reason, right? All right, you want to hear my three? Yeah, I do. A Simple Plan. Okay. 12 Monkeys, Fire in the Sky. It's hard to argue. Mm-hmm. Fire in the Sky is really underrated. Dude, that phone call. Mike. Travis. Help me. Terrifying. Okay, please put that clip in there because I just got I just goosebumps. Did. Oh my god! Oh! I just did. Um, part of me, most of me, feels like I need to put Hot Shots Part Two. I'm okay if you do. Hot Do Part Two. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's Do Do. Is it only because it's dated and we grew up watching action movies and it was parodying everything we've grown to love? There is a lot of sentimentality for right sure. on that one, for, for sure. sure. For us. Yeah. A simple plan is clearly underrated, but it's been put on a watch mojo list. Well, yeah. Am I getting too meta on that one? That now it's I not mean, so underrated. is Kingpin and Falling Down. That's true. But Fall, it was, You know what? I'm putting Falling Down on my top three. Okay, I feel so like that's underrated. So you got Falling Down, Hot Shots Part 2. And fire in the sky. And fire in the sky. Well, I think that settles it because we had one crossover. So, ladies, I, I'm terrified. So, ladies and gentlemen, the most underrated movie of the 1990s, according to <laughs> the Snubbies, whoa, is Fire in the Sky. <sighs> High five! Hell yeah! I, any of our listeners goes home and watches that movie. God help you. Yeah, <laughs> and you're gonna be like, where the. F- did this come from and why have I not heard of it and can I tell yeah. you my story about watching fire in the sky for the first time please do so when that movie came out what was it 93 94 I'm not sure look it up I will <laughs> right now I'm sorry <laughs> did you see it in the theaters no Wait till you hear this story. 93 I was right 93 okay so year was 1993 that means I was 10 years old mm-hmm. um, it had already come and gone in the theaters and it was now on Home video, a.k.a. VHS. And my mother was not going to be home that day. I was going to stay home alone. I had just gotten home from school. And on the counter of the table, on the counter of the table, on the top of the kitchen table, was this rental fire in the sky. And my mom wrote a note. She goes, I know you wanted to see this. Have fun. I'll be home uh, later tonight. Oh, my and I think my dad was like out of town on business or something like that. My sister was sleeping over someone's house. Literally just me alone in the house. Get home from school. I'm like, cool. Make myself some dinner. Go down into the basement. No windows. And I just throw on fire in the sky. Joey, at that point, it was probably late in the year. So daylight savings time. It probably got dark probably around like 5.30, 6 o'clock or something like that. The movie played while there was still a little bit of sunlight out and it ended when it was completely pitch black when the movie ended i didn't move i didn't move a single friggin inch (laughs) i was so terrified and i did not move until i heard my mother come home and it was like 9 30 at that point i heard the door open and i immediately freaked out (laughs) but then i also knew that it was my mom coming home well the problem was in my basement you have to run past the laundry room to run up the stairs. Yeah. I couldn't even do that. <laughs> I was so terrified. And I knew that, like, my salvation, like, my mother upstairs right. would save me. 
but I had to run past the laundry room. I couldn't do it. Because this guy was in there? You motherfucker. <laughs> Look at his weird, his collarbone. Joey. Oh, man. Joey, stop. I'm so Joey. sorry, but I, I Google no, no, imaged stop, it. Stop. I was not ready for that. <laughs> I, the hair literally <laughs> just jumped up on the back of my neck. It's it, is so. It, is it the best portrayal of no? An shut alien? up! Shut up! <laughs> First off, f- you for doing that. <laughs> Sorry, for the audience that can't see me right now, he literally Google image searched the alien, like the, the main aliens. alien from Fire oh, in the Sky, and just flipped his computer around. And for some reason, my whole left side just went numb. <laughs> I know that's a sign of a heart attack, but I'm not palpitating. My- Joey. You for I know. Doing that. I know. Well, I'm. I like. I couldn't just look at it alone. Oh my god! Wow. Is I that, had a feeling you were going to do that too, and I wasn't ready for I it. Mean, is that the scariest interpretation of an alien in film? Uh, yeah. Like like a realistic yeah. alien. Yeah. Because did you ever see the movie Dark Skies? No. Really solid. Came out a couple of years ago. That's an underrated movie. Huh. And the aliens in that one were actually pretty pretty terrifying, but they were mostly silhouetted. Yeah, but nothing like this Don't, guy. No, I'm not. Joey, I'm not. <laughs> they're all kind of buff. Joey. But they're really smooth. Joey, Ugh. just, is it? It's gone. Okay, it's gone. Close it's your there. browser. Here, let me, I'll, I'll bring up uh, Men in Tights. That'll, that'll make I don't trust better. you. <laughs> I don't trust you. I would rather see Carrie Elwes's, I'd rather see the outline of his nutsack than that alien again. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. I'm you couldn't sorry. like you couldn't like pull up uh I don't know who's one of the you couldn't pull up Sama Hayek from Oh, there we go. Just to make everybody feel better. I'd rather see see her as the demon cuz at least that way there's some sexuality with that scariness too. Yeah. Oh gosh, yeah, she gets pretty scary. Everybody gets scary in that movie. Man. Joey, if you if you turn that around, there's an alien on it. I'm kicking you out. Oh, no, I wouldn't do that to you. Oh, I'm going to make you a very happy man though. Oh, son of a gun. <laughs> The one, yeah, that was fantastic. God, I love her. She's amazing. Wow. Okay. Well, that was All thrilling, well thrilling for the audience. <laughs> oh my God, you literally scared the hell out of me just then. That was so, it's that's, so scary. That's the power of that movie, right? Don't, we don't, we chose wisely. Don't touch the computer. I'm not. We're done. I'm done googling. I will never Google image that again. Thank you. Ah. <sighs> okay. I didn't think it was gonna be that intense. I didn't it's expect that scary of a movie. Yeah, man, I didn't expect Fire in the Sky to even end up on the list because I, for some reason, my my brain blocked that. When I was going through the the years, I was like, oh yeah, absolutely, man. You know who else is in that? Is uh, uh, not Robert. I always say Robert Stack. What the hell is his name? He was a T one thousand. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, Robert Patrick. Patrick, thank you, Robert Patrick. He plays Travis Walton's best friend. Oh, man. It seriously scared the hell out of me. So, ladies and gentlemen, there you go. If you haven't seen Fire in the Sky, you now know that it's the most underrated movie of the <laughs> 1990s. So do yourself a favor. Go see it. Yeah. Um, I am i can't go to sleep now at this point. I can't no. do it. So do you need to plug anything on the way out? Uh, just the golden rule. Treat people how you want to be treated, people. Wow. All right. Very Bob Rossish of you. Thank you. <laughs> wow. Well, we need that these days. You know what? Yeah. When when you hear people say disrespectful stuff like, all rappers can act, it's like, okay, well, I'm going to bring Reba into this. <laughs> <laughs> you think that's how, wa- so you think that's how Reba wants to be treated? 
<laughs> I think we covered a lot of ground today socially. I think we did. Um, <laughs> definitely kind of an all around. <laughs> there was no structure to this episode, so I apologize, but I yeah, don't apologize. We, we shook off some rust. So. Oh, yeah. There we go. All right. So for Joey Abalufi, this is Evan Robichaud, and this was The Snubbies. And the pleasure was all yours. Was it? Well, and ours. I used to fuck guys like you in prison. Don't just stare at it, eat it. See you later, huh? I'll give you a call. Bye. Bye-bye, dickhead. See ya. Take care now. Bye-bye then. Happy Bye-bye, buddy. <laughs> <laughs>